Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Okay, here we go. On. And, it, and I'll start recording there. And it goes little. See how you remember? Do you remember how this goes? Uh, Do you remember how this goes? Just walk me through it. All right. So I'll clap. Yeah. It'll play the theme tune. Okay. Which is you going ooh ooh, and then ooh. I'll make a really loud, ooh. Uh, well, that'll be he was uh, Jim Neidhart. Yeah. Then I'll I'll make a really loud Vince McMahon impression, and then we'll watch some wrestling for a bit and and talk about like, very niche stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what we do. Okay. And it goes like this. The boyhood dream has come true. Ooh, all of you spoke to me. You're about to find out how ugly mankind can really be. Myself and the click are going to dance all over your face. Talk about your psalms. Talk about John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. What emotions beat in the heart of a champion? A sense of power, euphoria, or perhaps fear. Knowing full well that tonight could be the very last night he ever enters the ring as champion. What thoughts race through the mind of a former champion? Rage, defiance, or perhaps frustration that what once defined him as mighty no longer is his. And what anger dwells in the soul of a man who is denied his chance to possess the coveted gold. Revenge, they say, is a dish best served cold. Three men bound by one dynamic passion. Tonight, it'll take a 15-foot-high steel cage to harness their emotions and avert anarchy in Well, now, it classic. Fuck, where have we been? <laughs> Who are you? Denied art. All right, <laughs> it's called Harley Classic in your house for uh, three, four. Six. Knock at the door. <laughs> Watch along. <laughs> It's in your house, February 1996. Watch along from the Cultaholic Classic Raw review. We're gonna, uh, we are going back in our Ica Pro Power DeLorean to a time more simple. Who be we? I'd be fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, joined by new starter at Cultaholic, Jack Atkins, the mulligan to my own hair. Jack, it's how you're doing. Oh, it is you. It okay. is me. Look at you. Look at that. A month off. <laughs> a month off. Yeah. Who is this? There's a cost of living crisis.
crisis. Who takes a month off? You have very good reason. I am being the silly. It, it, yeah, it's, <laughs> it was, it, it was good. It was good time. What date is it today? The uh, recording it is uh, the twenty first of June that we record this twenty forty two. So the last time I saw you, I think, was the twenty fifth of May. <laughs> <laughs> so right, what happened? What? What happened? What happened? What happened, Matt McMuscles? Hello, Matt McMuscles. What happened? <laughs> uh, where you been, mate? So I've missed your face. I've just been home, loads. So yeah, it's nice. the 25th, I think, was a Wednesday. Then on that Thursday, I went back to Liverpool for the Champions League final. Let's not talk about that. Um, that referee, eh? Oh. He deserves a strongly worded email. <laughs> it was a good weekend to be home, but in hindsight, it was the busiest Liverpool's been since 2019. Oh. So I came back. I, I did... Um, AEW was a... It was doubling off, wasn't it? I worked yeah. that, that weekend from my parents' kitchen, came back up north on the Monday, and then you text me saying, oh, I've got a busy week this week. <laughs> um, we, we, we won't record. And I thought, okay, because it was the bank holiday week. Yes, it was, yes. So I thought, I'm not going to just come in for Tuesday, Wednesday. I'll work from home. Wednesday night, get a bit of a cough. I'm like, hmm, bit of a cough there, bit of a cough. Thursday morning, did a lateral flow. I was working the Thursday off on the Friday. Did a lateral flow. No, no, nothing. Just a bit of a cough. Okay, okay. Thursday night, as I finish work for a three-day weekend, I go freezing <laughs> and start doing comedy chattering like, hey, 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 hey. Oh, no. Uh, COVID. COVID. There it is. Two and a half years after it was in vogue. Such a hipster. First, Such a hipster. First time. We've we've frozen. That's how, uh, that's, that's how, that's how cold he was. Yeah. He's such a hipster. <laughs> He's such a hipster that he got COVID on vinyl. Got it on eight track. <laughs> oh, you dirty boy! But um, yeah, see, so you got it with COVID. Bless you. Yeah. Do you know where you would have got it from? Probably when uh, the Champions League oh. or the, the, the myriad trains that I got going to and for. Oh, it'd be trains, wouldn't it? Probably. So um, I was only unwell for about a day and a half, but then that week I thought, well. I'm still testing positive. I'll work from home. So this mm. is week two of not seeing Tom. I'll mm. work from home. And then on the Thursday, tested negative. Got another train back up to Merseyside, uh, all antibodied, and uh, read a book on the KLF, which is very good. Nice. I like their song, Justified and Ancient. <laughs> With the, uh, the travel land and an ice cream van. That's the one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I just spent the week at home. Everything was fine. And then I came back. Saturday and in the office yesterday and no one was in. Oh <laughs> yeah, I had to unlock and I was like, ah, yeah, fine. Yeah. Is that the first time you've had to unlock or not? Well, you've done it before. I've done it. Yeah, I've done it before, oh, okay. but it's the first time in ages because I forgot it was the Impact pay per view. So I thought, right, so Aiden's not going to be here and Tom's not going to be here and they're the first ones in and I'm usually the third. <laughs> so Who's the third man? It's Jackins. <laughs> oh, I'm the Hulk Hogan of. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you're walking towards the building, doing the big walk, there's two doors. But whose side? Is he on? Oh, what are you talking about? Whose side is he on? <laughs> Get um, him, baby! So that's where I've been. I've wow. just uh, you missed out a really key part of your lovely time away. I, I saw Elton John. You saw Elton John. <laughs> he was really good. Was he great? I was expecting him to be shit because we've all seen him on TV going hop hop hop. <laughs> it's like, oh fuck me! I've, I've spent money to yeah. To watch the club singer for two hours. <laughs> but even though if you listen close, he was still going, Herb, Hobber, Herb. 
he was giving it socks and the crowd were just going mental and they're filling in the blanks yeah Sean cried to Tiny Dancer oh. uh, I went berserk for Goodbye Yellow Brick Road because I think it's one of the best pop songs ever written so I was just there just go <laughs> um, and he was talking about Kenny Dalgleish and everyone sang You'll Never Walk Alone to him and he looked genuinely touched yeah and uh, he, he was done by 20 past 9 so it was what a treat yeah so how, so how long was he on stage for? Like an hour? And uh, no. by the way, if you're watching on the uh, on the Patreon, apologies. The uh, the video is being incredibly. That's just being rude. Yeah, f- you like, like, fucking camera dickhead. Cameraman. <laughs> oh, yo. Now normally, if this had been a regular cultaholic production, I'd have just said we'll start again. But we ain't got time for that. We're just gonna. I'll, I'll move to actually go. test the you camera. Keep moving. I'll keep moving. To make sure that. He likes to move it, move it. That'll do it. I can move any mountain. Um, I can move, move, move any mountain. He's good. He's, <laughs> he's Ebenezer, man. He's, hey, Ebenezer, man. <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, uh, I'm going to be a bit cloying now. I just want to say um, thank you to the well-wishers on Twitter. who are just like, oh, COVID. Well, I hope you're all right. Aww. I was like, I'm just like, I'm all right. I'm just going to rest up for a few days. Yeah, there's a lot of love for you. And, yeah. you know, when you got the COVID, it was like, oh, yeah. he's all right. Yeah. You had like a day and a half, didn't you? Like I had. You yeah. just kind of... You breeze through it. It's like you're horrible <laughs> for the day. Yeah. Half the day, they're half the day, you're like, oh, okay, I'm coming back, I'm coming back. And then you were just waiting for the, the line to change then, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I just had a bit of a cough for the rest of the week. And then by the time Thursday came around, I was feeling fine. I was like, please, please be nag. And then it was. So. Oh, nice. Well, you're back now. For, forget me, though. How are you? <laughs> I legit haven't seen you for a fucking You month. haven't, have you? <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. Went to London last week. <laughs> Did you have a fun time? I had a lovely time. Got charged too much for everything. <laughs> yeah, that's London. Um, I, I, so Alex and I, we had uh, tickets for Warner Brothers Studios that my brother got me for Christmas 2019. Then the world shut down. <laughs> so I messaged them very politely and said, look, our tickets have expired, but the world has been on fire. So yeah. we have had a good excuse to not go. Can we still use them? And they went, yeah, fine. So they got they got us into Warner Brothers Studios. Uh, they snuck us through the bank door. <laughs> they snuck us through the leaky cauldron. Um, so we, and we so we thought, wait, you know what? We'll have a couple of days. We'll have a, a little bit of midweek break in London uh, during the hottest uh, hottest week in the capital uh, <laughs> since records began. Apparently, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had booked us a hotel room uh, near the train station near King's Cross. So I was thinking, there we can just sort of maneuver from there yeah, yeah, yeah. and it wasn't massively expensive i'm not a cheapskate but i'm also aware that it's london it's london <laughs> we've got a holiday to the maldives coming up and i ain't really in the market to spend a grand on staying at hilton for two nights so no, no. i found this one that was a couple of hundred quid i thought that'll do and it was a, you know what it was a lovely room it was a lovely room at the top of the uh the, the hotel had it not been the two hottest days of the year yeah we just it was it got to the point where <laughs> It was like we had this bed. It was a really creaky bed. It was, it was it, you know, we normally have like a, a, a king bed. I know, with someone's doing all right. So we had like a double bed. And the, no, the difference was noticeable. Oh, yeah. On a hot, yeah. I mean, we were, you know, we're, we're a close couple. We're not, you know, but on a hot night, it's just like we, I think the, the 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 true the true sentiment of couples, I believe, is when it's too hot, you're just like, just don't touch me. I'm just too hot. <laughs> it's like, but then we'll do this thing where, like, we might put like, uh, like a, our little fingers together, just so we're near <laughs> each other. But we're just like, like that, like that, just so like we're near each other. Um, there's a thumbnail. <laughs> 
because it's just too hot to be too close. And also, I radiate heat. Same. That's a big, yeah, you're yeah. the same as me. Like yeah. Alex says, it's, uh, uh, and on that night, you're like, oh my God, it's like I'm lying next to a radiator. This is ridiculous. So uh, I just I made the decision to to get a bunch of bedding and sleep on the floor. <laughs> oh fucking hell! Because I thought I can't sleep because we, we, it's a small bed and it's hot. Alex can't sleep because I'm radiating heat as well as the other things. If I am on the floor, it's a bit cooler. Alex can have the bed and she can be a bit cooler. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we did, and I had two. Awful night sleep. <laughs> but had a lovely time in London. We did lots of nice drinking. We did lots of nice eating. And we got to go to Harry Potter World. Um, it was the one thing that... It was nice to walk around like, you know, the the, the selling point of Harry Potter World is that you, you're on you're actually on the sets in the film. You know, the Great Hall that you walk through is the Great Hall from the film. Yeah, Gringotts Bank is the Gringotts Bank from the film. And then you see all the props and stuff from the films and you learn about how everything was made and... The problem is we both went, we both have done, we both did Universal and Harry Potter World at Universal a few years ago, and we both left going, it's good. Could have done with a ride. Ah. Could have done with a ride. Yeah. <laughs> just ah. a little go around, little roll, like a little, like a, a little, little boat, fl- a boat flume or something, just yeah. like, oh, come back, you, and then like chase the thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we needed. <laughs> little like, sort of virtual Quidditch thing. I don't know. Just a little, could have done with a ride. Yeah. But then it's just then I am a deeply ungrateful soul because it's a studio tour. It's not a theme park. <laughs> we both went, could have done with a ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was otherwise a nice experience. It was I don't first time going down to London in ages. And it was and it was in London. So we did the Wednesday in London. We got up early and we'd done all we we spent like five or six hours like there and back, Harry Potter World and stuff. And we had an early tea. And uh, we were gonna go to a couple of there's a couple of bars that we said, I won't try that, I won't try that. And Alex went, I'm just tired, actually. I could probably just, you know, have a nightcap and call it. I was like, okay, that's fair enough. It was about like nine o'clock at this point. And I, and I thought, oh, I feel like that as well. And then I went, the only thing waiting for me is the floor. <laughs> so I want to go for a beer. <laughs> <laughs> so Alex fell asleep and I just, I said, oh, I'm just going to nip out. So I nipped, for, I nipped to, the pub, to the pub up the road and just had a, had a couple of pints on my tar, which I quite like doing. And it was, and I'm trying my best to have time away and not be in work mode. That's a big thing for me. Try not to be in work mode. Try yeah. and come away from work mode. And it was a friend of mine who isn't a wrestling fan who messaged me and went, what about this Vince thing then? <laughs> Ding. <laughs> Back on the group oh. work chat. Oh, well, that's exciting. I picked the best fucking <laughs> week to be off. I want to point. I want to. I want to give mad credit to to the entire Cultaholic Classic Review alumni of Jack Atkins and Justin Henry, who both chose the same week off to have as like Sasha and Naomi walked out. Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy had a thing. You both Jeff Hardy's thing, Vince McMahon's thing. You both picked the ideal times to be off and leave Aiden to it on his own. I got a DM on Twitter from Aiden Gibbons just saying, fuck off. He's like, you and Justin aren't having the same time off again. <laughs> and I just replied to him saying, just had a breakfast with my mother. I was in an arcade yesterday. I'm off to get tattooed and then seeing Elton John tomorrow. And he just replied saying, that, that sounds far too nice for such a horrible twat like you. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so far out the loop. 
like I opened Instagram one day and uh, there was a video of Adam Pacitti saying, oh, I'm just washing horse cum out my hair. I was like, <laughs> I was like what the fuck have I missed? <laughs> that happened as well yeah. while you were away. Jeez, I, what yeah. time in wrestling. Jeff Hardy arrested, Vince steps down, Pacitti gets covered in horse cum and Sasha Banks and Naomi leave. All equally important yeah. <laughs> to the world of wrestling. I was so smug. I was telling everyone after that. I was like, ah, it's a really busy work. Ah, <laughs> wanker. <laughs> uh, well done to Pachiti for holding the smell, by the way. I haven't had a chance to say it on the classic Raw review yet, but fair play. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, I haven't spoken properly to me for a month since he gave <laughs> yeah. me some Lego. <laughs> he, hasn't, so. he hasn't spoken properly for a month either. Um, uh, to the person that within the first hour, um, so basically you had all the... Um, all the all the the price points for like what you could dump on Pachisi, yeah, 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 and 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 um, horse fluid was the top one at a thousand pounds. Within an hour, somebody had used my name and donated a thousand pounds. Right. So it just flashed up on the screen. Tom Campbell has donated one thousand pounds, and my Twitter went ridiculous. It's like I haven't, I have not. <laughs> that's not me. This party of the ones to claim it, but that's, I can't with good conscience. That's not me. I have not donated a grant. I thought you were going to say TC. He's like, what? Top Cat? Top Cat? Oh, if only <laughs> Top Cat wouldn't give anyone a grant. <laughs> You might give um, might give the policeman. What's the policeman's name? Officer Dibble. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Officer Dibble. Might give Officer Dibble a grand, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I think. Well, look, we're up to speed. Well, I'm sure there'll be other things to talk about yeah. as we get on. But we should probably watch some wrestling. Yeah. That's <laughs> that sigh of somebody back at work. Yeah. <laughs> so yesterday afternoon. I'd, I'd finish, uh, we'd finished duties on the website and I went off to do other bits. I was like, right, I better do um, raw notes for next week's raw. And I was like, oh, there was a gap between raws there. And then I looked back and I was like, oh shit. The next one we've got is in your house. <laughs> I was like, right, okay, yeah. We're in your house tonight. We're in your house four. And it's not a review, six. it's a. W- it is six. six. It is six. Because I kept typing five and I was like, we've watched that. <laughs> you keep saying five, I keep saying four. They're telling us six. I think it's six. Have we got the right one? Well, it's in your house, Rage of the Cage. Okay. So we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> look, you, you're not here for. Yeah. Like, if you want professional wrestling content, go. Uh, fuck off. Um, <laughs> don't fuck off. We like you here. Um, it's Rage in the Cage. It's the 18th of February, uh, Louisville Gardens. Uh, and this is not a review. This is a watch along. So what we're going to do is we're going to press play shortly on the WWE Network version of this show. We're going to watch it. We're going to talk over it. We've got points to make as we go. A bit of research. And we'll probably just do Mulligan and O'Hare impressions for two hours. So oh, it is a time to be alive. And we're going to give you some, some, some seconds now. To go to the WWE Network, seek out In Your House 6. It is 6. It says number 6. Although, what I like is there's an entire generation that will go, why does it say hashtag 6? In Your House number 6, February 18th, 1996. One hour, 50 minutes. Go to the beginning and get it set up. We'll give you a second to do that right now. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome back. Right, Jack and should we just should we watch some wrestling? Mate? Oh well, why not? It's not it's it's not like that's this is our, our job. <laughs> it's Christmas, isn't it? Yeah. On go. We'll all press play at the same time, including you. On go. Do you mind elbow then? Ooh. That's my elbow. It sounds like a a ship. <laughs> a galleon. A creaky galleon. Some say I am a creaky galleon. Oh. On, on. <laughs> Oh, fuck oh, me. I miss this. It's been fun. This is fun. I miss this. On go. We're all going to press play together in three, two, one. Go. Off we go. In your who six, the World Wrestling Federation, your favorite of all federations. There we go. You should pick that up on the mics as well, just in case you get lost. That's us turning the volume up. The yeah. beach. Oh, <laughs> there has to be a short version of that where she fell over. I, I watching the day that her attorney has said fuck this <laughs> yeah <laughs> on her court case I get that thing now where I see 90 something like god she was gorgeous but in my head I'm just like but she's a fucking ass. she's a <laughs> she's a pain in the ass. yeah best wishes to all involved yes of course uh, mainly the family of <laughs> yeah. those involved um in your house rage in the cage this is diesel having one final crack at Bret Hart's WWF title uh, and it's not, well, it'll be his final crap before WrestleMania, at least. Yeah. Um, quite enjoyed the build to this. It's been a good build, yeah. Mm. Diesel's actually been really good to watch. Diesel being like the tweener a little bit. Yeah. Like, he's had some big pops. He was... Uh, he's just been Kevin Nash, hasn't he? Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was on... <laughs> Pretend to be a big truck. <laughs> Hello, I'm a big truck. <laughs> boop, boop. <laughs> It was on the last show that he teamed up with Shawn Michaels in the opening match. Big babyface pop. By the end of the night, he was attacking The Undertaker. Yeah. Big heel pop. Power of the tweener. And the, the classic music as well. Fucking love this music. Oh, Wish they'd bring great. it back. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. I've got a link for it somewhere. So if you ever wanted to just listen to it sometimes just to hype you I will, up. yeah. <laughs> oh, the in your house fun. logo just got ran over. <laughs> it was dry. Oh. No! Fireworks, pyro. Fireworks. The Bischoff, Bischoff sucks. sucks. <laughs> Hi to everyone in Australia. Hi everyone in Australia. <laughs> Just literally everyone. Everyone. Uh, we're at the Louisville Gardens. Um, Five thousand five hundred fans in the gardens for this one. Yeah. Uh, this OVW will run shows here in years to come. Oh, okay. It's a big venue for OVW. Yeah. We like OVW in this house. We're in this in this house, we stand OVW. <laughs> uh, we had a dark match before this. 
featuring Jake Roberts. Oh, hello, Jake. Beating Tatanka with a DDT. Well, yeah. Uh, five minutes and 36. The Observer writes, Roberts got the big pop coming out, but even in his loose ring top, couldn't hide the fact he was terribly out of shape. He blew up fast, and judging from the comments here, a large percentage of fans noticed dud. Oh, Jake's Jake's gonna be a key part of some of the 1996 shenanigans. Oh, yeah, to say the very least. Oh God, it inadvertently helped change the course of wrestling history. (laughs) I see you. Oh, bad mang. The bad mang gets us started. Now, I think is this. I think this is this is the last time we see Razor on pay per view. Christ. So he doesn't make it to Mania 12? No, he doesn't. He doesn't get booked. Because, uh... Oh, God. I oh, feel like... God, it's this match, isn't it? It is the crybaby <laughs> match. I feel like we miss a few beats on Super... from not watching Superstars. It's not all on the network, which no. is a shame. We miss a couple of beats. Jeff Jarrett dressed as a couch there. As well. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Jarrett and 123Kid. Now... Dave in the Observer makes a point about the the size of some of the wrestlers. Not in that they're too muscly. In fact, saying that a few wrestlers on this card have lost a substantial amount of weight. Oh. Which is a, I don't know whether he's suggesting that maybe like there was some steroids mm. floating around and they've pulled them back. I don't know. Well, well, actually, it would make sense considering at this time WWF had gone all in and accusing WCW of not giving a fuck about the performers ah they had hadn't they mm. so that's probably why they wanted to make sure they were uh, squeaky clean yeah for all of it yeah like he made a point to say that the 1, 2, 3 kid looks smaller he looks like usual Sean Waltman the usual me. size Shawnee Waltman and that's a normal sized teddy bear. That is a normal size teddy bear. <laughs> Perfectly normal sized teddy bear. So that's a Teddy Biossi's neck. I fucking love Teddy <laughs> Time Ta- to change the baby. <laughs> hey, Tani, what's up? Where on? <laughs> Some lovely signage in the crowds. I'm a big fan. There's, hey, there you see. Referee in this match. It's only bloody Tim White, isn't it? I, we lost the other day. Yeah. He was always my favourite. Mm. I think it's because he just looked like a little cuddly hedgehog, man. <laughs> but you just get your own to certain referees, don't you? Like, always like them. Always like Charles Robinson. Uh, always hated Earl Hebner. <laughs> because in kayfabe, Earl Hebner's shit at his job. <laughs> <laughs> in um, he, a, little, a little bit about Tim White I always loved was whenever, I think it was like late 99, whenever it was a Godfather match, he was refereeing, and Godfather won. Tim would do this bit where, after, as Godfather was in the ring celebrating with the hose, Tim White would stay in the ring and just sort of sheepishly like look down at his feet, maybe <laughs> kick some imaginary dust out of the ring, <laughs> like pretend to not be there, to which Godfather would go, you want some of the latest, Tim? And he'd be like, oh, no, I'm good. And then they'd swarm him. <laughs> but it was just the bit before where he'd just be like, just kicking the kicking some imaginary dust out of the ring. How could you not like Tim White? Love Tim White. God, God rest his soul. God rest his soul. It wasn't until the last year that I realized that he was Andre the Giant's handler, basically. Yeah. Well, which must have been, at times, a hard job. I think getting him out of the pub would have yeah. been difficult. Come on, Andre. He's like, all right, boss. It's like two hours later. Andre. He's like, ah, don't worry, boss. It's like, <laughs> it's like 70, 78 beers later. 
Because he'd be, he'd be a, he was a legend for just knocking back beer. Yeah. Because he was so big and the drinks were so small. Yeah. He'd drink like 37 beers. Well, that's what I do because my top... <laughs> that's what I do on an evening. <laughs> that, yes, famous straight edge man Jack Atkins drinks 70 beers like Andre the Giant. Now, um, for some reason, because you've seen this in the office, when I open a regular size can of uh, carbonated beverage... I only drink half and then put it back in the fridge. And, and you label it. it. Yeah, and then I'll have it the next day. Because I don't mind flat pop. It doesn't bother me. But I just can't drink a full one all the time now. So I started getting the little tiny ones. And when I have them, I do feel like Andre the Giant. <laughs> <laughs> Start offering people peanuts. It's great. <laughs> do, you ever, do, you ever, do you ever sometimes feel the need to, to pour like wine into an egg cup? <laughs> Bit of Ribena. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever take a uh, a Kit Kat chunky, and this is the other end of the spectrum. You take a Kit Kat chunky and you glue three oh. other Kit Kat chunkies to it. So you so you got the tiny. You hand. can pretend that you're tiny. <laughs> I always get loads of shit from Sean for the way I eat Kit Kats. <laughs> for eating Kit Kats. Oh, how do you eat a Kit Kat? I fucking bite it. Yeah. I don't bother snapping it. I don't bother with any lash eyes. I just bite it and just leave a pick. <laughs> inverted you and she's like you're a monster I was like what do you mean I'm a monster it's a chocolate bar and it's like it's not fun no it's not covered in foil and you don't do the thing with your thumb no it's, mm. no, you just gotta crack on with it yeah. you know? I did I did something similar like that during lockdowns we were sort of coming back into the office I was tasked with doing videos on my own uh, against the green screen yes yeah. and I genuinely started a news video just doing this and it, and it upset lots of people. This is the news video where I just bite into a Kit Kat. Good man. Yeah. Yeah. And then I t- we tagged Kit Kat in it. And the power of that blue tick is <laughs> it, it all ended up with Kit Kat just sending me like some Kit Kats to do a video about. <laughs> Alex hates me for stuff like that. Because he was just going like, why does that happen to you? <laughs> and also because of her position in... <laughs> <laughs> in the British Broadcasting Corporation. Yeah, in the big British castle, you can't do anything like that, can you? So... You can. Well, but you've... You've, you've, you've got to be slow. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be as brazen as tagging Kit Kat on Twitter. <laughs> Hashtag Kit Kat. No, I'd like to point out the tweet said, don't show this to Kit Kat. <laughs> oh, yeah? Subtle as a fucking brick. <laughs> don't show this to at Kit Kat. Jimmy Kit Kat. <laughs> Jimmy Kit Kat. Jimmy Kit Kat. I, would, I wouldn't mess with Jimmy Kit Kat. He sounds like you. <laughs> Jimmy Kit Kat sounds like the son of a guy that would break your fingers. He would. He's called Jimmy Kit Kat because he snaps your fingers <laughs> like they're a Kit Kat. He lends you a fiver, two days' time, you're on 400 quid. Bang, <laughs> fingers gone. <laughs> oh, Be- sorry, Jimmy Kit Kat. Oh, I'm doing again. I can only pay you 200. Oh, now it's gone up to 600. Oh, <laughs> most expensive fish supper in my life, this. <laughs> you always say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's your answer to everything. It is my answer to everything. <laughs> most expensive fish supper of my life. Jack, what are you, what are you working on right now? <laughs> oh, most expensive fish supper of my life. <laughs> well, doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jimmy Kit Kat. He just sounds like, I think even the police yeah. know that he's dangerous. Yeah. So people will report him and they'll go, okay, we'll file it. But they won't do anything about it. Unless it's something major, like it's like, oh, Jimmy Kitkat stabbed someone. They'd be like, Jimmy, we told you about this. But anything's like, oh, Jimmy Kitkat robbed me baby. They'd be like, ah, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> police, like, what'll happen is there'll be a day where like a new policeman comes into the force <laughs> and they'll go like, why is Jimmy Kitkat getting away with all this? And they'll go, hey, look, just don't talk about it. It's fine. Mm. And he'll confront Jimmy Kitkat in like, 
his favorite pub, which is called the 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 spilt anchor. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll say, Listen, Jimmy, you've been getting a ride off of our cops for too long. I'm here to put a stop to you. And Jimmy's like, Whatever you say, officer, and everybody in the pub will laugh. Yeah. And then the next day Jimmy will come to the police officer and go, You need to have a word with that old with that blue eyed boy over there. <laughs> he ain't playing the game properly. <laughs> <laughs> He's in for an expensive fish supper, that lad. Jimmy Kitkat walks in the police station with a flag and a veil that he spills drink of <laughs> in his own personalised mug. Hey, have a word with bollocks there. <laughs> He'll go, I'm here to see the chief. Chief's in a meeting. He'll see me. <laughs> he just walks around, straight to the chief's office, feet on the table. And goes, Lenny! Lenny. <laughs> Turn, like, you'll be on the phone. Police will be on the phone to the superintendent. Jimmy Kitkat will just go, right. You gotta have a word with old uh, <laughs> Jimmy Blue Eyes over there. <laughs> Another Jimmy, you say? Yeah, yeah. old Jimmy's here. He's James now. <laughs> That's the story. Of Jimmy, Jimmy Kit Kat, and his and, he, and the way he's got the, the the fuzz wrapped around his finger. Bloody Jimmy Kit Kat. So yeah, Tim White stole my baby. Uh, R.I.P. <laughs> Tim White. <laughs> yeah, best wishes, Tim yeah. White. Sorry about Jimmy Kit Kat. Yeah. <laughs> How did we get to Jimmy Kit? Because we talk about Kit Kats. Yeah. Then <laughs> you talked about having uh, little little diet cokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like I'm, Andre. Yeah, I'm just trying. Like, he managed Andre. Yeah. That was it. Tim White. There you go. <laughs> I look at them there, fish eating. Oh, he's nowhere near the ropes. Oh, I thank God Jimmy Kitkat hasn't got his hands on him. He wouldn't be able to reach them ropes. <laughs> <laughs> he taught Pete done everything he knows. Jimmy <laughs> Kitkat <He> certainly did. <laughs> uh, to anybody watching this and fancies doing something creative, um, is if you're bored. Do us an artist's interpretation of Jimmy Kit Kat. <laughs> what does Jimmy Kit Kat look like? Maybe show us some of his hobbies. Use Photoshop. Maybe art. Make some. Tell us what Jimmy Kit Kat looks like. <laughs> Glue some pasta shapes to a paper plate and colour oh, them in. <laughs> please do, if you have time and the inclination. Show us what Jimmy Kit Kat looks like. Because I just kind of picture him as sort of like... He looks like a wrong one, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, I picture Jimmy Kit Kat a bit like somebody out of Peaky Blinders. I think. Yeah. I think he's kind of got like shaved hair, flat cap. Thank you. He's just, the number one is falling off my microphone. Shaved hair, um, flat cap, like a long black trench coat, but like a white t shirt underneath. Right. A bit cash. Is that Doc it? Martin's yeah. on? I think, kind of. In my ad, he's a mixture of Private Walker from Dad's Army. Mm. And Trigger from Only Fools. <laughs> so he's a bit of a spiv. Mustache, you know, a bit greasy, but you know, we wear like a like a checkered blazer. Oh, nice! Rings on the fingers. Yeah, a lot of, do you think maybe rings on the fingers because so much of what he does is to do with breaking fingers? Yeah. It's almost like uh, his fingers are real estate. Yeah. So he's like, look at what I can do with my fingers. You'll be able to do fuck all yours in a bit. I'm Jimmy Kit Kat. Like a violent Liberace. Nice! <laughs> the Liberace of violence. That's a... F Ooh. Is that the first class mail, Tom? Tom <laughs> the Liberace of violence. The Liberace of violence. Oh. I feel like that's a wrestling persona with somebody... Oh, that's the fucking great. It's gonna hit the Liberace of violence. I like that a lot. Yeah. The, Jimmy Kit Kat is not the Liberace of violence. No, he's not. The Liberace of violence would be... Um, uh... The Liberace of violence would be Adrian Fandango. <laughs> oh. Adrian Flamenco. Adrian Flamenco. Adrian Flamenco, the Liberace of violence. Oh, that's lovely. 
No, sorry, the Liberace of Violence, Adrian, Adrian Flamenco. There you go. And uh, I'm picturing an in-shape Adrian Adonis. Yeah, you, you're pretty much where I'm at, yeah. Yeah, yeah. kind of like Adrian Adonis, but built like Adam Maxted. Yeah. Fuck in yeah. In fact, I might add Adam Maxted. <laughs> go, hey, mate, I know your career's going fine. want to run this by you. <laughs> the Liberace. Liberace of Violence. <laughs> what do you reckon, sir? Call me. My people call your people. <laughs> the Liberace of Violence. Would he be a bit musical? I just think flamboyant. Just flamboyant. Yeah. Just flamboyant. But, but fucking mean. Like Adrian, like, like, like Adrian or Adrian like Street. A, Adrian Street's a good... A yeah. Good, yeah. Things I'll do to you. Adrian Street type. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he dressed in a flamboyant way for the time, but would just beat you up. Yeah. That I like. That I like. Mm. Talking of things we like. Oh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> Avalanche fall away slam, maybe, maybe, for what could be Razor Ramon's final outing. Someone's dad in the front row going mad. <laughs> the guy Very in the front nice. row is having a great time. Yeah. Lovely. Oh, look at those, look at those shirts at the front. Are they tracksuits? Oh, is, is that um, neon neon shirt guy and his missus? This is <laughs> neon shirt guy. It is. It's them. Uh, oh, are they always there? Yeah. Oh, it's Vladimir, isn't it? No, no, that's not Vlad. They're, they're another couple. Oh. But they, they were ones that I started noticing around the time. I think they still go occasionally, but he always wears bright pink. She always wears bright yellow. Oh. That's one of those that when you notice it, now you go, oh. God love them. Oh, that's nice to see. Actually, I hope Vladimir's there. I love Vladimir. He's the only super fan that I like because he never tries to get himself over. He's just there. Just but because he's just it. got, he's just so, he's got a distinct look. That you just notice him. Oh, the freedom powder backfired. Oh, God. <laughs> and knowing the click, that wasn't Salk. <laughs> <laughs> What's, what I like is the fact that his final pay-view outing, and he's got all this white powder he's kicking around Razor Ramon. That's nice. They kind of... Carve there's, him up. There's something, there's something quite uh, Ooh, nice serendipitous yeah. about that, about the presence of white powder during his last pay-per-view. Wow. No, oh, no. oh, oh, oh. Kid man, I'm not <laughs> done with you yet, man. Kid man, kid kid, <laughs> Billy Kidman, Kidman, Billy Kidman. Oh, get off, get off, injecting yourself with that junk <laughs> and start doing backflips and that, but not very well. Vince, any chances of a bit money? Because I owe Jimmy Kit Kat five hundred quid. <laughs> if any wrestler's going to owe Jimmy Kit Kat money, it's going to be Bulldog. But Bulldog can get away with it because he knows uh, he knows his Tom. Oh, that's. Do you know what? That's it. Jimmy Kit Kat will go. Hey, look, I'd normally come down on you like a ton of bricks, but. You're Tom's brother. Yeah. And he's, and, and and of all the people Jimmy Kit Kat wouldn't fuck with, it's Tom Billington. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Would not fuck with Tom Billington. He would not want to give Tom Billington a reason to put his shoes on. <laughs> Gets out of his slippers, puts his loafers on. <laughs> Shit, get out of town! Get out of town immediately! <laughs> Why are we in 10 Jimmy? Shut up! <laughs> Billington would have loved Crocs. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you'd love Tenby. Anyway. He'd love Tenby. As well. <laughs> I haven't been to Tenby in years. I've never been to Tenby. Uh, my nan and granddad used to take us on holiday there. We used to go to a, a holiday camp, a caravan park in yeah. Tenby. Great times. We were a, we were a Patheli family being... Oh, nice. Merseyside to like North Wales. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty straight old, straightforward yeah. journey. So the match is done, and now... He's putting powder on a grown man's ass. Powder is bot bot. Or do I raise him own left the WWE? The fact he's putting it in his hand. It's like, <laughs> obviously he used to yeah. set up throwing it in Ted's face, but 
in kayfabe, he was about to just start massaging a grown man's anus <laughs> to make sure he doesn't get nappy rash. I think he's still going to. Oh, Ray's just like, so how many how many zeros at the end of that WCW contract? Was this Mang? Was this one of the facilitating factors in Waltman leaving as well? Um, it could have been. Well, I obviously, mean, his mates being over there as well. Yeah, if Razor just shrugs, I don't think Razor's a fan. Fan of the gimmick. <laughs> what was just like, oh, you put talc in my mouth, you twat. Drier than a Jacob's. <laughs> Razor just shrugging <laughs> that off. He's drier than a Jacob. Once he free kid looks like he's in a black metal band. That's quite cool. <laughs> he looks like Pachiti did last Sunday. <laughs> oh, Jesus, wept. <laughs> Here comes the fun bus. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. I think that was his last one. What did Davy Boy give? Um, not not Davy Boy. Sorry, <laughs> against the stars. Eight two. <laughs> uh, five. Sorry, nine. Uh, Orion's so, belt. I'm giving. How many stars? The plow. Big dipper. Big dipper. <laughs> Dave, Davy Boy Smith giving stars, but star constellations. Welcome to Scar Night with me, <laughs> Davy Boy. Up there. Bernie White thing. Lovely. <laughs> Over there, Jupiter. That's the moon, Davy. Jupiter. <laughs> the, the engine from Fireman Sam. <laughs> Party Pandy, I've been there. <laughs> anyway, thanks for watching. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Um, <laughs> I reckon Dave Meltzer would have said, good match, but terrible stipulation. Uh, uh, two stars. He didn't go into the stip. He called the stip a baby bottle match. <laughs> Right. Uh, but he gave it three stars. Three. For what I saw, good match. Members of the clique working for each other. Waltman's, I still think, very underrated. This is good selling of the of the, the, the gimmick. <laughs> he's only just realized that he's wearing a nappy. <laughs> is this where he does a cry? <laughs> I mean, they could have just had like a... I mean, they had a fun match. Spewed a bottle of talc into the fifth row. <laughs> Well, that was a thing. That I mean, the, the gimmick is the gimmick, and and they did their best with with it. They had a good match before it. I thought he was going to take a bump then, trying to get the nappy off, but he like, didn't. Oh no, he was just crying. I think it had him been Bobby Heenan. I think Heenan would yes, have, he would have, have thrown himself, <laughs> thrown his back out, bumping for that. That's because Bobby Heenan's the best. <laughs> it's true, and he's he's got no airs and graces when it comes to gimmicks like that. Sonny looking healthy. Another person Jimmy Kickat wouldn't mess with the Rougeos. <laughs> <laughs> he did what to Tom? Fuck me. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Jesus. He's just like, he sat, he, sat in, uh, he sat in the pub as they're talking about, hey, uh, hey uh, there's a WWF wrestling tour and uh, the Rougeos are coming over. And Jimmy's there going, yeah, 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 I've heard it. Heard it. <laughs> I know, I've got a cock on around, you fuckers. I've got to see a man about a dog. <laughs> Me. Oh. <laughs> oh, so this is earlier today on the stoop on the uh, on the superstar line, where Sonny got terrified of Jake's big snake. <laughs> Jake doesn't look in great shape. Though. He's oh. not. He's the thing is like he turned up for the rumble as a nice surprise, but the pop was so good that Vince went, "Hey, get on board." Yeah, I think he's due to sign with them like this week or next. We'll talk more on the next podcast about Kenny it. Omega in the ring there. <laughs> Close, it's Tony Chimmel. <laughs> Chimmel's thinking one day this kingdom will be mine. The metal collector Tony Chimmel. John! 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 Metal collector Tony Chimmel! He got tongues wagging while 
you were away, did Tony Chimmel, because he put out a tweet thanking the WWE for all their amazing years, to which people went, has he been let go? Oh my God, he's been let go, he's been let go, he's been let go. And then we went, no, no, he was let go ages ago, but he just routinely just thanks people on Twitter. Ah. <laughs> but we all just thought, he's just been let go. Like, nice no, guy, Tony Chimmel. Been long, yeah, he's just a nice guy. Anyway, here's um, potentially the, the future of the, the future <laughs> rule of the new kingdom. With Debbie McGee? <laughs> whilst I wish it was Debbie McGee from the world famous Paul and Debbie twin bin uh, <laughs> the Paul the Debbie the Paul and Debbie twin bin oh it's a shoe buff <laughs> <laughs> hey lads Jeff Kemp's got a shoe buff <laughs> I really yes, I am I yes, I am I am Cox, <laughs> counselors Cox and Evans with you <laughs> Coxie, yeah, 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 no, Coxie, yeah, you fat bastard, you fat bastard. Not you, Debbie. This is not Debbie McGee. I've done some research into this. This Hunter's bow this week is penthouse model Elizabeth Hilden. Uh, pet of the month in 1995. She would get involved with, as well as being a model. She get involved with photographer and publisher Bob, uh, Bob Guccione and actor James Woods. Hmm. And tonight, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Incidentally, are you familiar with the work of James Woods? Yes. Uh, he was apparently offered a role in Reservoir Dogs, but his agent rejected the script but didn't tell him. <laughs> he would have been a good Mr. Pink, even though mm. Steve Buscemi's perfect. But I always think of James Woods as a bit more, because he's quite nasal, isn't he, and a bit more weaselly. Mm. Yeah, he would have been... Uh, I think he'd have been good as Mr. Pink. But yeah. that we'll never know because his agent looked at the script and went, nah, this is going to be shit. No, I won't even tell him. <laughs> Who signed on? Harvey Keisel. <laughs> <laughs> and then James Wood said, and then James Wood found out about him and sacked him a year later. Did he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bless him. He did go on to voice Hades in Hercules, though. He did, yeah. <laughs> and other things. I know he's done more. He's, he's... <laughs> Just that's the one that springs to mind. Isn't he a bit of a... Right-wing gobshite on Twitter now. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Try and separate the art from the artist, but it's very difficult. Yeah. Um, Duke Drozzi versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Uh, Duke Drozzi, another one that uh, Dave Meltzer in The Observer goes, he's looking a bit thin these days. Mm. Like whether or not he was on some stuff and then he's not. I mean, I mean, we could always ask him. He's on the podcast circuit quite a bit. It's Duke the Dumpster. But it's like I was saying to you the other week, in my history of doing this podcast, this is the first time I've watched the Duke match. Is it? Because he's, he's not been on Raw at all, whether he's been on Superstars or whether he's just been on the house shows or he's just not been on Raw at all. He used to have long hair. His outfit used to be a different colour. He feuded with Jerry Lawler. Yeah. Because everybody does. Because I remember when, when X7 happened in 2001 and obviously I'd had a few years out so when the, the gimmick Battle Royals on I knew half the people, but there was a few I didn't know. I was like, who's Duke Drosy and the Goon? I was like, I don't know these. <laughs> the Goon! The Goon! <laughs> but then, like, Iron Sheik comes out. I'm like, ah, Sheiky baby! <laughs> it's a and good we were back time. in the room. <laughs> it's a good time for all. But this is this is a vintage hunter who who plays the, uh, the cowardly heel doing the back off into the corner yeah. incredibly well. Yeah. Big fan of his stuff here as Hunter Hurst Helmsley. A lot of conversation at the time of recording about him possibly being more, uh, doing more behind the scenes again, potentially. As long as he knows his health limits. Yes. The thing that I read was um, 
he he did he took on a lot more work during the pandemic, and he got a bit addicted to drinking coffee. Got a bit addicted to caffeine, right? More than he ever did, and it yeah. made it heart poorly. Because he he was always the the apart from the alleged steroid abuse. Come on. Um, he was always the, the the clean the clean living one out of the clique, wasn't he? He yeah. was always designated driver, always stayed sober, all that. So yeah, to hear him get addicted to caffeine, yeah, yeah, that's that, that seems to be a, that was part of the what what I heard anyway. Well, this is why I only have two maximum a day. Usually, only have one, but I've got a second one here, and I usually have a cut off point at about two p.m. because after that, I've just fucked. <laughs> Absolutely fucked. Even even now, like when I do when I stay up to do the pay per views, like I'm doing Forbidden Door this coming weekend of mm. the time of recording, I'll get a can of Monster and I only drink half of it, and I'll just label it and put it in the fridge. No, I'll just tip the rest away oh. and, and just clean the drains. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just enough to keep me awake, and then and then a little bit extra. So you're doing you're doing an overnight one again on Monday? Right? Yes. Because yeah. hey. w- when I. When I started with the, with Cultaholic, I was full-time scripts. By the time you hear this, it's already happened. It's already happened, and uh, Jake Roberts has beaten um, <laughs> Genichiro Temu. Um, <laughs> so w- when when the website changed a bit at some point in last year, 2021? Possibly, yeah. So I, I went over to the website side of it, and then when it came to doing... Sorry, mustache hair. When it, ca- when it came to I'm doing... Picking my face all the time during these. When it came to doing the pay-per-views... I just said to Aiden, I was like, um, I don't really watch WWE at the moment, so I'd be no good recapping. So I'll just I'll I'll do the AEW and I'll do the um Impact ones and Ring of Honor. And he was like, Okay, you're right, I'll do fast lane. <laughs> so <laughs> the thing is though, the WWE pay-per-views, well, this year I've heard they've been on a on a run, they've been really good. They've been year. very good. After having year. a bit of a lull for a couple of years on the whole. Um but the it's short now, whereas the AEW one's like, are you ready for 55 matches Aww. in six hours? And I'm like, no, no I'm not. I'm, I, it'll be, by the, t- by the time you hear this, it's happened. Um, it's Andrew and I doing reactions for Forbidden Door. Yeah. And I, the time is the bit that's worrying me. Is the, yeah. uh, the scale yeah. <laughs> of those shows. And it's a combination of New Japan shows, so you know the matches are going to go long. I feel like we might be here till Wednesday. <laughs> Well, I was saying to Aiden, I was like, I don't think this is going to go long. And then when, hang on, how many title matches have been announced? Is it five? <laughs> I was like, ah, yeah, it's probably going to go long, isn't it? What did you make of Slammiversary? I haven't watched it yet. Oh. Um, I haven't caught up. I messaged Aiden because, again, this was the, the last day of my holiday, so I didn't do Slammiversary, whereas I usually would. I said, how was it? He said, good show. He says, if you have time, though, watch the Queen of the Mountain match, definitely. Yeah, that was very good. Um, but I've... Yeah, I've I've still not properly caught up because I've only been back a day and a half. So I was just like, oh shit, okay. Um, recommendations? Uh, Queen of the Mountain is very good. Um, Ultimate X was really good. Yeah, Ultimate X is always good. Uh, the the last sort of ten minutes of Young and Josh Alexander are are a wonderful sort of walk back through the history of TNA. Yeah, combined with moves and big match finishes, which I thought was really nice. Um, like a bit where Eric Young pulled back all the ring open and the boards uh, to pile drive Alexander on, which is a throwback to Bully Ray versus Sting. Yeah, uh, and he was, there was a guitar shot from I've seen Eric the guitar Bishop, shot, Canadian flag shot. Yeah. So in the last ten minutes, like they roll back the years, and it's quite fun to see. Um, 
I think Moose and Callahan had a good little hardcore match. I I applaud the fact that Impact properly leaned into the bollocks, and I think it confused a few fans because like the reverse battle royal was on the pre-show. And Sharp Boy was in it, wasn't he? Yeah, Sharp yeah. Boy uh, and uh, Slash from the Disciples of the New Church. Oh, wow. Came out with James Mitchell. Wow. Woo! But because, and, the, and I think there's, uh, most most fans, I think, are, are, are clicked in, dialed in, and they get it. But there's some that aren't so much in the sense that Reverse Battle Royal first time round, we all went, this is bollocks. King of the Mountain match is bollocks. Yeah, yeah. But... On this night, I was like, "Yeah, let's do it!" It's a and celebration. I, and yeah. a conversation somebody was like, "I don't understand. This is this is crap, though, isn't it?" I said, "Yeah, but it's different. It, it, you can't just go. It's it's not just black or white. It's yeah. like the yeah the this. What I said, if I wanted, if this was going to happen every week, I'd be very upset because it's a crap match. But as a throwback to what well, the whole show was about, throwing back to TNA's history. Yeah, do it, and it's fine. And I enjoyed it." For yeah. that reason, that we're not going to see it ever again, probably. So I'm like, that's fine. King of the Mountain slash Queen of the Mountain is a gimmick. I don't think it really scans. It's too. It's a logistical nightmare. Yeah, it's too many steps. Yeah. I, I'm a big thing for keeping the admin dead simple in a wrestling match. Yeah. And they do the opposite. It's pinfalls. It's uh, eligibility. It's time in a cage. shark cage. Yeah. And then it's the whole thing of... The reverse ladder match. You get the belt. You hang the belt up. And then you want it and you get the belt back again. You could eliminate some of that bollocks by just having the, the belt already up there. Yeah. And you pin for eligibility, then you can climb. The whole act of taking the belt up and hanging it up there, only to immediately take it away again. Yeah. Is a weird aesthetic. But it's a celebration of history of TNA. So I'm like, yeah, do you know what? We'll be fine with this for tonight. Yeah. But the other thing I, I was going to mention from that was Sammy Callahan and Moose, the Monsters Ball match. It played into the fact the first Monsters Ball match, this is a little gimmick they forgot about. The first Monsters Ball match... Were you locked away for 24 hours? With no around. food or water. Oh, uh, so they did all that? They did that where like you'd had, you had there was little photos of Moose and Sammy Callahan in their separate rooms 24 hours before like going mad in the rooms. Boss. And uh, even to the point where like they come out and like they're adjusting to the daylight. Moose is making his entrance, the spotlight's on him and he's just going... Oh, tired. <laughs> and as he's sort of trying to focus his eyes, Sammy Callahan says, I can't be asked to wait for my entrance. I'm just going to attack. <laughs> I don't think I do very well in a monster's ball. No. Because I get I get hangry, but I also get quite... I, and I've noticed a lot, a lot of my emotions are in tune to two factors. Like, am I hungry? Am I tired? Yes. And and I don't normally get... I get grumpy, but then I'll immediately get sad. And I go, am I hungry? Am I tired? <laughs> Monsters Ball, I'd, I'd be shit. <laughs> I'd be too sad to wrestle. <laughs> I'd be too sad to wrestle. I'd need a bit of dinner first. <laughs> I'm afraid the match has been cancelled because Tom Campbell is too I'm sad. Too, I'd just be sat there going, I just don't want to. I just don't want to go home. But you'd be against me. I'd be like, I want a pizza. Yeah, and I'd be like, I'm sorry, I've let you down. I want chips. I've let you down because I don't want to wrestle. I don't want to go pet. But if you've got <laughs> that'd be the this is awesome. <laughs> but if if you've got lovely fans like most impact people seem to be, they'd be like, "Don't apologise to us, Tom. You go, you go oh, have a sandwich. Thank you. I'll go and have a sandwich. I'll come back later. I, I find it weird You're online now. that the the like the section of wrestling Twitter where obviously you've got AW fans who just the the 
the loud AEW fans like, WWE shit, and the loud WWE fans like, AEW shit. But they all come together and like, ah, oh, Impact shit. And it's like, Impact's great. Oh, do you know what? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I see different to that. I think I see a lot of people go, oh, Impact, nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit, maybe it's a bit more mixed and I get it. I just, because I, I enjoyed doing the reactions to Impact. Because I think the general consensus with the people there were like, yeah, Impact! Yeah. Like, yeah! Come on! And then they did stuff with WWE, and it's like, oh, get in! The, week- nice. the weekly TV is, it's a great watch. And I always say, because with AEW and Dynamite, and, you know, it's usually a six-match card, and there'll be one women's match. And it's like, TNA have, well, Impact, I keep calling TNA, because in my heart, it's still TNA. Yeah. They have what usually about a six match card, and at least a third of it, if not half of it, is women's matches. So it's easily done. Yeah, it's just about spreading, spreading the love, spreading the love. It's very easy to do. Yeah, very easy to do. So I was just watching the uh, bungled attempt by Triple H to get rid of the trash can lid in front of the referee. <laughs> As Debbie McGee gives him a lovely little kiss. Oh, poor Debbie McGee. Have you got a? Uh, a timestamp. We have indeed. I'll do. I'll do. We'll do a timestamp now, as we're entering a virtual store. Thirty-five minutes and 15, 16, 17, 18. Now, is that a real store? I'd like to go there, please. Oh, Jesus Christ! I thought that was a model. I thought it was a mannequin. There's a frightened woman. Gee, that's the real Undertaker. <laughs> He'll move in a minute. Oh, he's only little. And he's wearing a WWF hat. <laughs> That was frightening. Um, we didn't pay much attention, but Hunter versus Duke. Uh, one and a quarter. One and a half. Bastard. I'll get one right one of these days. <laughs> so this is Todd doing the big sell. So is Dodinsky actually gone? Because we thought he was gone for a while, and then he started showing up again trying to sell pogs, and then he <laughs> buggered off again. I think Dodinsky... Uh, I think he's gone again. Yeah. I think. That hairdo did not suit her. Me being a bitch. Have whatever hair you want. (laughs) (laughs) Says me, the man with no hair. (laughs) You're growing it though. No, I just haven't caught her. (laughs) That's that's all it's been. So from a week off, I spent most of the week on my own because Sean was still up here. So I shaved before I went and then she came up on the Thursday night, which was the hottest day of the year so far. Uh, and we came back Saturday and then Sunday we were knackered and she worked a night shift. And then yesterday, her sister and her boyfriend came up. So we just haven't had time to shave it yet. So I'm a bit, I'm a bit prickly at the moment. You think, are you, you going to shave it though? Yeah, 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 definitely. Nothing to grow in it again? No. <laughs> no, I'd look like kiwi fruit. <laughs> Never heard of him. Is he, is he Jimmy Kit Kat's mate? He is, <laughs> yeah. Fruit. Jimmy Jimmy Kit Kat's little mate, Kiwi Fruit. Yeah, he he, he does all the he, he gets like uh, solicited and imported goods for him. Is he from New Zealand? No, but he went there once. So that's why they call him Kiwi Fruit. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> he he had a he, he had he had two weeks in New Zealand. <laughs> oh, right, Kiwi Fruit. Oh, Doc Andrews. He's looking a bit tanned. I'm sad that in all the backstage moving and shaking, currently WWE, we haven't seen a promotion from Michael Ace. Make you chairman! Yeah, but imagine... You cowards! Imagine a board meeting and fucking Michael Hayes swans in dressed like a 70s pimp. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what's going on, movers and shakers? I was like, fucking hell, Mike. 
Oh. Is this the first of a Yoko promo? I don't know. It's about hot dogs. <laughs> he said hot dogs. All the money. Nice. He he is good a, promo. He was a little bit on the Ahmed scale of incomprehension. That was clear, concise, focused. A couple of bits where it was, where I was straying to here, but I'm saying he was on the scale. I didn't say he was at Ahmed level. Okay. Hey. Fucking bulldog. Bulldog, man. He's not looking any smaller. <laughs> <laughs> I've been uh, pumping up. I've been eating a lot more steak at my new restaurant, Steak King. Oh. But, but I've only been eating it at Well Done Steak King. <laughs> medium, as I opened Medium Well Steak King down the road, I got very upset because the first, uh, first payment on all my mortgages came through. <laughs> if you I owe eight million. <laughs> If you want real estate, King, you've actually got to get two buses. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's there's not another branch of Chips King near it, I'm afraid. So you have to go Chips King first. <laughs> but despite what I was saying about Yoko's, no, it was a good promo. The intensity was there. He looked pissed off. I like the turn. I'm on his side, but... Um, <laughs> uh, we'll need to find out if he has caught a promo before, because he's usually just got... Talkers for him, hasn't he? Because he was meant to be Japanese. <laughs> um, I, I, th I think historically he's only ever just shouted bonsai. Yeah, when other people spoke for him, and that's the first time like he's been full on like a very Samoan like brother, 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 wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, hot dogs, brother, bonsai. <laughs> like okay, so we're very much now he's a Japanese sympathizer, not yes. Japanese. Yes, uh, which was the uh, the misconception for many years. Bulldog very upset. Like, why did no one tell me that I didn't have to open? I didn't have to open a different building for each food. <laughs> why no, did no one tell me? He, he did it as a favor to Yokozuna because if Yokozuna is like, ah, oh, free meal, yeah, Bulldog is like, right, but you got to walk between fucking <laughs> between individual <laughs> items. Thank you very much. <laughs> I've got some. Ex he's got some exercise in. Whoa! Me being a dumb kid though thinking Yokozuna was Japanese because it occurred to me that as a, a, a young white English boy from an upper working class family, I'd never seen a Japanese person <laughs> in real life. So you just accepted it on face value and went, yeah, he's definitely Japanese. They were like, Yokozuna's from Japan. There's Mr. Fuji. He's Japanese too. I, I like, never right, questioned yeah. it either yeah. as a kid. I just went, okay, there's, they're playing Japanese music, waving the Japanese flag. He's dressed as a sumo wrestler. He's obviously Japanese. Yeah. I think that's. But I'd never met a Japanese person in real life. <laughs> you never met, a, never met a single one. At the time. Yeah. Now you've met three. At least three. <laughs> I have four friends. <laughs> I have 104 friends. Have I met. He's now going, have I met three, three Japanese people? Maybe I've met five. I've had my hair cut by a Japanese person before. <laughs> that's all I can remember off the top of my head. I never, until recently, <laughs> met somebody from uh, Denmark. Really? 
<laughs> so that was a treat. Yeah. <laughs> they were nice. We spoke yeah. briefly at a party. <laughs> I was like, no, I went home and put it on my calendar. Put it on my, cal- put it on my world map, which is next to my calendar. And <laughs> now I know someone from Denmark. Was it Danish Bob? Um, no, his name was uh, Lloyd. <laughs> All right, Lloyd. <laughs> Lloyd, uh, Lloyd Kitkat. Friend of the show, Lloyd Kitkat. <laughs> Kitkat? Oh, uh, any Kitkat, man. <laughs> Lads, Kitkat, man. But <laughs> Kitkat... Kit Kat left finger man. Yeah. And G- then <laughs> Jimmy Kit Kat would convince Bulldog <laughs> to open four different Kit Kat shops. Or like one where's there's there's okay, Kit Kat one man is in town. Yeah. Kit Kat two man is off the M1. Kit Kat three man, you've got to order online. <laughs> and then Kit Kat four man is adjacent to Kit Kat one man. <laughs> but you've got to do it in that order. But uh and that's just playing Kit Kat. He's done it for mint, <laughs> orange. <laughs> the number one, the number one homeowner in the UK is the British Bulldog. Is the British Bulldog <laughs> number one businessman? <laughs> Look at my business portfolio. <laughs> just pictures of food. <laughs> <laughs> my business portfolio, just food he's eaten. It's like, why is there a picture of just a burger bun? He's like, well, oh, bunking. <laughs> But what he does is he takes the photos himself of all the things that he's selling. But he's, he's shit at taking a picture. So half of them are just blurry. With his finger in the <laughs> corner. His finger in the shot as he's taking a picture of a bun. And he goes, that's for bun king. I, want, I like that one. I want to put it on a billboard. And then just through it as he's talking to these investors, there's just a, a picture of his own ass in a mirror. <laughs> oh, sorry. Don't I'm trying to sell a mirror. There's a Twitter account. There's a Twitter account called uh, People Trying to Sell a Mirror. Yeah. And it's people who are like on Facebook Marketplace selling mirrors, but it's all the weird and wonderful ways they try and not get themselves in the picture. Yeah. Or sometimes just them fully in the picture. Oh, you've got to. You've got to own it. I think I'd grin. Just be like... <laughs> my, my, there's the, 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 I think grinning's the way to go. But it's the ones where like it'll be a picture of the mirror and you'll just see like a hand from behind the door. Yeah. <laughs> as they're taking a photo blind of the mirror. <laughs> It's great. Find this Twitter account. It's lovely. Oh, that's a DQ. DQ, man. Great. Nice bit of five minutes of filler. In, <laughs> because I've, I've never watched much of Cornette in his prime. What is the significance of a tennis racket? Did he come in as like a preppy guy or was he a tennis player? Or I think, I think a preppy guy. Yeah. I think. Lemon slacks, lemon slacks for Jim Cornette. Oh, it's v- Vader! Oh, oh Vader's he's back. Street clothes, Vader as well, and just his mask and just a jacket. Fucking yes, look at him. Oh, Darth Vader. <laughs> Fucking love Vader. I love Vader in a leather jacket. See now, you'd think this was going to build to Vader versus Yoko for WrestleMania. I'd watch Vader versus Yoko, King's Road style. Just five minutes of them just fucking battering each other. But I think they, uh, they, oh yeah, they I, don't give us quite that. I don't think. No, they don't. I know where it goes. Mm. 
having a, that's a, a reminder to watch every WWF WrestleMania match ranked <laughs> on Cultaholic. Do we know where this that particular one is ranked? Uh, probably in the 200s. Uh, yeah. I think there's 364 entries. Do we think Vader versus Yoko would have been... I think it would have been a spectacle. It would have been short. Had you kept but... it dead short. Yeah. And just been, I'm going to drop you on your heat ten times. Yeah. King's Road style. Just that smack each other. Just like Vader Hansen. To answer your question, yes. um, Jim Cornette said he'd seen a college movie about an obnoxious rich kid carrying a badminton racket with him, very likely to be Screwballs from 1983. Okay. So he decided to take a tennis racket with him in, honor, in homage to that. Oh, okay. At times, Cornette loaded the racket with a horseshoe to guard against aggressive fans. Ah. There you go. I, he, he's, such, he's such a weird character, Jim Cornette, because obviously you know, a lot of the stuff he says very, can be very sexist. He can be very homophobic. But then his political views are very left-leaning. And, and yeah. It, it just, the, the two don't usually... Never the twain do meet. Yeah. But they do with, with, uh, with Cornette. Yeah. There is, without a doubt, a passion for wrestling in Jim Cornette. And, and, and if he doesn't like something, he very much says it. And we kind of live in this weird time where, like, <laughs> did that, was that Goulet just pushing the ref down? <laughs> Wurzel. Wurzel and Briscoe trying to calm down. Go on, Briscoe, sort them <laughs> out. Oh, Briscoe could, actually. But yeah, you're saying about... Um... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, where there is such an aggressive sort of... Us or them stance on everything. Yeah, like I've seen, I've seen quite a few fans over the weekend putting things on Twitter independently, saying how like like AEW. I chose AEW as my side, and it's just and and I find that mentality weird. We get accused of being like pro AEW. I get accused of being anti AEW. I get accused of being pro WWE. Like an apologist. I get accused of being anti WWE. And I think the more I think about it, the fact that I get accused of all four, I'm probably doing it right. You're doing it right, yeah. Because because I don't have a side. I, I wrestling is the side I choose. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm getting I'm getting uh, wood chips <coughs> in my ass from sitting on the fence. You're right, but it shouldn't have to be the way where you have to choose no. a side. Like just if if Raw is good, I will watch Raw. Yeah. If it's not good that week, I won't watch it. Like we don't have to ostensibly go, I will support this company and I will agree with everything they do constantly. Because yeah. that's tiring. Well, it's like I've said many times on this, I'm not currently watching the current WWE project uh, product. But it's not because I'm just like, boo, WWE. I'm just like, oh, no, just AEW's catering more to my taste yeah. at the moment. But if, a if AEW do something fucking stupid, I'll say that. Mm. Because... This is what I find weird about the tribalism when you get certain people like, ha, AEW's small leagues because WWE have just signed a brand partnership with Mars. It was like, you're not on the fucking board. You're not a stockholder. <laughs> you're not getting paid. Who cares? If the product's good, if you like the product, support the product. But at the end of the day, support the individuals, not the company. Yeah, that's a good shout. So, that's a big shout. Like, the the kind of people who's like, oh, I love, love Adam Cole, and then he'll leave NXT and go to AEW. He's like, oh, he's always been shit, Adam Cole. Like, or the people that went, oh, Cody Rhodes left me. Yeah. And, uh, and like, oh, when he went to WWE, like, that mentality it's, is, it's, it's, it's tiring. Like, I, I haven't got the time for it. Like, I just like what you like. Because I think the opposite should be true of football. You support your team, not... Individual players, Goldust, amazing. <laughs> Goldust just just stroking up the IT guy here. He looks a bit like uh, 
But with um, with who's some... the IT guy? A very frightened, balding man. <laughs> with with some elements of modern football fans, because of we're just coming out of the era of Ronaldo and Messi, you'll get people who will support Ronaldo and Messi. They won't necessarily support the teams they go to, they support the player. And I find that really weird. Mm. And I think the opposite is kind of strange with wrestling, where they're just like, oh, WWE on off and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And... I've said it on this before. I, it's not issues, but when people are just like, I love wrestling, but they only watch one company, it's like, it's fine to just say you love that company. Yeah. Just, but at the same time, it's like, just mm. don't feel like you have to only watch one. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's like, We're a ball of, uh, of uh, con- contrary, but um, just watch whatever you want to watch that's good and oh. re- resonates with you. And then, and, don't feel like you have to defend it if it doesn't because exactly. you're not on the board, as like, you say. I, I used to be, obviously, in the late 90s, I was a big hardcore wrestling fan. I loved ECW and I got into FMW. But now I can't watch Deathmatch stuff. It makes me wince. So yeah. I, can, I can watch some of the old, but even some of the old stuff, I'm like, ooh, that's not quite to my tastes anymore. Doesn't mean that I'm just like, ah, oh, FMW was always shit. I'm just like, I'm just not as much into that anymore. I'll watch this instead. It's, like what you like. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, that's it. I, I, I guess that if I was, if I was a teenager again, I probably would feel that need to belong mm. and choose a side. I can see it from that perspective. I remember when I was a teenager, I was probably very pro WWF, very anti WCW. Mm. Uh, but I, my excuse was I was a stupid fucking teenager, you know. Jesus Christ! I watched, but I watched both. I was my bread was slightly more buttered on the WCW side, but I watched mm. both. But I can say from like a, a voice of experience, like you don't have to pick a side. No, not at all. You know, I, I I don't know whether me speaking to sixteen-year-old Tom that would have sunk in. I don't know, but yeah. if it sinks into some sixteen-year-old's brain, listen to this. Great. You don't have to pick a side. Just like what you like. It's fine. And it's come from me. I'm an opinionated fucking bastard as yeah. well. Like, yeah. So I remember um, there was a, <laughs> there was when um, our former tribal editor in chief was here, uh, Mitch Wadden. Yes. And he pitched to me about like having like a, a sort of like kind of came across like a news night style like d- angry debate show. And he was really keen on getting like fiery debates going. And I said, well, you, I, hey, like if you want to do it. Uh, maybe approach someone other than me to be involved because yes. it doesn't sound like my cup of tea. Uh, but if you want to do it, then great. Yeah, because it's just not. I'm not one to violently defend one or the other. I'm just gonna like what I like yeah. and talk about it. But it's obviously you know. well, it's, it's like you, you've heard me in in the office. I always wind up Fraser and Aiden because I've never been a fan of the Hardy Boys, mm. and I'll wind them up by saying, "Do you know what Hardy's shite?" <laughs> but I will say, you know, they got it. This, 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 and this. It's just. They just were never for me. That's all the thing. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It'd be boring if everything was for everybody. If everybody looked the same, we get, get tired of looking at each other. That's the song. Fifty-three minutes and ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. How can we get that uh, air conditioner on? I'm a bit warm. You be wham. So you grab the grab the the Is remote. It, it's just the on. I don't need to press. I think it's on. Uh, it's near the end of June. It's the longest day of the year. So it is indeed. And it's, been a, it's actually been quite warm recently. I don't know if that's on. I'll give it a minute to warm up. 
Oh, is it that switch next to it, perhaps? <laughs> this is great audio. Oh, is content. it on? <laughs> Sorry, I was... Um... Uh, uh, yeah. So at the same time, I'm being the, the good partner because a mate of mine... So I, I know when I know you've, you've, you've downloaded this to listen to our, <laughs> our discussion on the wrestling and other things, and I apologise, but what's mm. truly happening is that um, Jackins is putting the air conditioning on Whilst I messaged my partner because a friend of mine is up in Newcastle tonight and he's asked if I want to go for a pint with him. So I'm just I'm running by with Alex if we've got anything on this evening and if I'm allowed to play out. <laughs> and, and meanwhile, Shawn Michaels is dancing on oh, a little fake house. Oh, Shawn on top of the hoose! Good Shawn on top of the hoose! Having a lovely time. Him and Io Shirai getting amongst it on top of the house. So are you going to go usual time bar way or one of your little fancy pubs? Or? Ooh! I'm not too sure, actually. Actually, time bar down there probably rammed, weren't it? Midweek drinkers on a nice day. Maybe. I might. He's not from round it. Oh, God. That's terrifying. It's not even as high as you'll get in the next pay-per-view. Oh, look at this. I didn't know. Nice. It's a little, like, warm-up for Mania. Yeah. I didn't know that was part of the entrance. That's exciting. That See, that's what's cool about these, is that, like, this was never my era no. in wrestling. I dipped out at this point. Same. So I'm watching a lot of this stuff for the first time, including this match, which, um, I'll, without giving too much of a spoiler away, Dave says is the best match of the night. Well, it's, it's Owen Hart versus Shawn Michaels. We could probably have guessed that. Yeah, it'd be difficult for it to be anything but that. What did da, you, da, I was going to say, what da. did you give the last match? I can't remember oh. the last match. Was it? Oh, Bulldog Vader. Yeah, what did, what did you reckon Davey Boy and, Bull, and Yoko Man got? Quarter of a star. Uh, one. He's in a good mood tonight, Dave. He's in a, he's in a very good mood. I was going to say, uh, shameless plug time as well. Go for going it. Going back about saying, like what you like, etc. Uh, if you haven't already, watch the rise and fall of All Japan Pro oh, Wrestling. Oh, yes. That was that was one of mine, and for a change, it's not full of comments on things. Like, oh, you're a dickhead. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, normally I get, the comments are a good sort of bell, yeah, uh, 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 weather bell for the mood, and everyone's just kind of gone. Yeah, this is great. Cheers. Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> that was uh, that was fun. That was a labour of love. I was just like, ah, oh, I've just got to write about Ken Kibashi, um, <laughs> and then all the weird stuff that happened after Masawa died, which I was only had a minimal knowledge about what a very very complex complex time for wrestling that was oh some ladies shouting a Shawn Michaels ladies there. love the Shawn not to Shawn he's a different person but the Shawn Michaels this is the final stop on the road to Shawn Michaels mahusive night yeah at the Wrestlemania this is the last of his dragons he has to slay isn't it yeah and at this point he's like he's very much an undeniable star I'm excited for uh, next year, Cody Rose to make a similar journey that Shawn Michaels is making now. Yeah. Next, honestly, the first quarter of 2023 just writes itself magnificently. Cody win the Rumble. Cody beat someone at the, in February. Cody beat Champ. Done. That's an easy. I wonder. Easy. I suppose they would. There wouldn't be bad blood. I was going to say if he does say if Cody won wins the big one at Mania, they'll invite Dustin backstage surely. Or maybe in the crowd to watch. If he's like, come on, it's Dustin. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't think there's any bad blood there. I think I, if, I, if memory serves, it was just a case of, of Dustin going, I'm, I'm done now. 
Yeah. And there wasn't any bad blood. He just went, I'm just happy to go. He didn't want to renew his contract. He went, I'm just happy. Just, uh, he said, my brother's working on a thing. I'll probably go over there. And they went, oh, okay, it's cool. Yeah. So I don't think they I mean, the state of some of the people that have left and come back, it's been much worse. Oh, I was going to say, how many times has Dustin gone and left WWE? It's about four or five times, isn't it? So it's quite a nice opportunity there yeah. to have it as Cody celebrates with the belt as he goes up the ramp, have Dustin walk out and meet him. Yeah. What would what would the anti AEW lot do? Oh no, I guess it would be oh AEW not too shit. The yeah. God send us there. Don't be that. Just enjoy wrestling. Enjoy the fun of that moment. Yeah, yeah. Because the the pro AEW ones be like oh AEW's one, and then the anti AEW anti AEW be like ah oh, but the, the well that's it. If you if you're the pro AEW lot, it'd be well they've won because WWE need them, and if you're anti AEW, they go well. They've won because AEW needs WWE. Like the, the weirdest one I've seen is, um, I know of someone who is properly subscribed to the views of Jim Cornette. Yeah, I know a few like that. But is a massive AEW fan. Loves AEW. Oh, that must be a that must be migraines every day. Yeah. So they love AEW. Think AEW's great, but hate Joey Janela, hate Kenny Omega, and hate the Young Bucks. I'm just like, I know Joey Janela's gone, but. But he's the kind of person who would nice tweet guy. at Kenny Omega saying, you're rubbish. AEW's great, but you're rubbish. I'm just like, one, don't be a dickhead. Mm. Two. Well, there isn't a two because the one was so great. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, a weird thing. If you, if, if you don't like someone or something, just don't interact. Yeah, that's it. It's just, I get that people have their voices heard. I understand oh, that, yeah. that perspective. The height on Sean, nicely done. I always call that move Reenie. Why? You know when uh, he'd do it like a springboard one where he wouldn't do the moonsault, he'd just do the twist and splash? Because I could just imagine him... Twist just, and splash! Go twist on and, and splash! Um, I can imagine him just flying through the air going, Reenie! And it just came from there. So I just call it, oh yeah, Shawn Michaels with the Reenie. So if you don't know what that is, yeah, like I said, if he's if he goes for a moonsault to the outside but doesn't do the moonsault, he just twists like 180 and then hits the splash. It's called the Reenie from now on. Ah, yeah. there you go. From the now Reenie. on... Should should I should I be on commentary and I see somebody do that move? I will, in honor of you, call it the Reenie. The Reenie. We'll get it over. Good. We'll get the Reenie over. Fantastic. <laughs> it'll live. It'll live in in in, in perpetuity. Is that a word? Live in perpetuity. Something like that. In perpetuity. In perpetuity. Live in perpetuity. That seems. That sounds. Live on. Live on. That sounds right. I Audio. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about right. We've not seen each other for a month. Give us some stuff. <laughs> it's been a while. Hey, it's been a while. It's been a while. I think we got back into the rhythm quite nicely. We We've started talking. No hair. We've created a new character for the multiverse. We started talking some absolute <laughs> shit straight off Immediately. the bat. Immediately. <laughs> and that's what and that's what friends are for. <laughs> Just pick up where you left off. Did Alton John sing? That's what friends are for. No, he didn't, did he? No, I, he checked, I remember he now. Didn't. I checked the playlist, the set list for the. Yeah. The, the only big omission was he didn't do Daniel, which was surprised at. Oh, I thought he'd done Daniel. No. He did. Um, he ended on Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, didn't yes, he? Yes, yeah. Did Doctor In theory, in theory, that song goes. Can't black me in your penthouse. Going back to my plow. But I'm guessing Elton John on Sunday went. You can't black me in your penthouse. Going back to my plow. And I bet he bottled the big. He went fine side, 
<laughs> and they, they did have a, a backing the vocal. backing band. <laughs> and all, all the crowd helped them along with it. Of course they did. What did it? Fuel Beyond. He came out, started with Benny and the Jets. Nice. Uh, Benny. Hey, <laughs> and I can't remember if it was the second or third, and he went one that I really wanted to hear, hear that because I wanted to hear him club singer. Oh, nice. <laughs> and did he did he proper? A proper. And that the big the big thing with the Elton Valley, if you got on the big screen, is the eyebrow. It goes right. I leave. He's fucking great. It's like the words are just pushing out of the face. I, I just I went on my Instagram later and just put, I can't believe he played Cheddar Cheese Girl. <laughs> <laughs> what a callback. And my mum was like, what's Cheddar Cheese Girl? And I had to show her Cheddar Cheese Girl. Oh, oh, oh you're my Cheddar Cheese Girl. girl. Stop my firm and you go well with wine. <laughs> cheddar, Cheddar Cheese Girl. My mum loved that because my, my mum brought me up on Elton John and she loved that episode of South Park. Where he sang that and wake up, Wendy, <laughs> smell the coffee. <laughs> Elton rocks up in random places. He does. Well, it's during what? It's during I'm still standing. So the video behind it, they had different videos of little narratives for each song. But for I'm still standing, it was showing all the pop culture bits. So it showed a clip of him in South Park and in The Simpsons and nice. other various things. And yeah. Oh, I forgot he was in The Simpsons. Of yeah. he was. Everyone's been in The Simpsons at this point. God, yeah. <laughs> um, I like um, when you come with, with Elton stuff like he's just very good at being in tune with music mm. which is why you get some of these really random cover like random duets that he does like you know, we did one with Cliff Richard in like the 90s yeah. there's a whole album of duets and one of them is with RuPaul <laughs> he sang Don't Go Breaking My Heart with RuPaul oh my god <laughs> it's it's awful <laughs> God love RuPaul. <laughs> they don't quite get the notes then, are you? <laughs> they, they, they reach for them. Yeah. <laughs> they sit like, like a wrestler climbing a ladder. Uh, <laughs> First rung. Yeah, they don't quite, they're getting tired on the second rung. <laughs> um, he did one with Ozzy Osbourne fairly recently. He did a song with Ozzy Osbourne oh, God. called Ordinary Man. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. He did one with Fallout Boy. Oh. Called Save Rock and Roll. Right, I like it. I like because because it's like it's it's Fallout Boy, and then uh, and then then it just he just appears like a Pokemon in the bushes. Fallout Boy, I'm my friends now. <laughs> it was like with uh, the Scissor Sisters. Like I liked them when they first came out because the first album, like Take Your Mama and all that, it was kind of like dark and a bit sweaty and a bit scuzzy. And the second album comes out and Elton John's like, I like it. I want to help. And they release I Don't Feel Like Dancing, which is just an Elton John song. Just an Elton song. <laughs> Didn't he write some of those songs as well? Yeah, yeah. And Elton's a normally write songs. No, he doesn't. Bernie Taupin writes the yeah. songs. And there's a reason for that. Because <laughs> <laughs> leave Elton on his own, he writes Cheddar Cheese Girl. That's <laughs> a- <laughs> it's true. If you're, un- if you're unsure of the, what the Elton John-Bernie Taupin relationship is like, uh, what's the Hey Arnold episode featuring uh, Dino Spumoni and Don splitting up? <laughs> Fuck me. Oh, oh, sweating getting that in. That's a deep cut. That is a deep cut. I don't even know that episode. Do you know Dino Spumoni? <sighs> Who's the the uh, the sort of uh, Frank Sinatra-esque singer 
from Hey Arnold. Right. It's been, it's, I was going to say, it's been years. When I was about 25, I downloaded every episode of Hey Arnold and battered through them, but I can't yeah. remember this one. But there was So it was an episode where it announced that Dino and Don, and his, and his writer, Don, yeah. uh, was, were, had fallen out. They had a big fallout, and they were off to separate things. Dino was working on an album called Simply Dino, but he was writing the songs and the music. Right. He was great at writing the tunes, but the lyrics were shit. <laughs> and then you had Don, who was uh, writing an album, his own album. The music, the, the, the actual music was shite, but the lyrics were brilliant. Yeah. And it was Arnold that went, guys, you just got to work together. <laughs> Come on, guys. Sound like Jack. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. You got to work together, guys. He, he, he looks a bit like Arnold, just with a regular shaped head. <laughs> if, if Arnold had a regular shaped head, he'd look yeah. like Jack the Jobber. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I liked about Hey Arnold is the fact that all the kids had like unusual for their age names. Arnold, Gerald, Helga. Yeah. I wonder if that was uh, that was part of the aesthetic. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Because I think, was it set in like the 90s? I think it was set in the 90s, but it, it just felt weird. Because it was, obviously, all the kids were from different ethnic backgrounds and from different, they were, I think most of them were first generation Americans, weren't they? And like, is it that Helga's family, Helga Pataki? Yeah. And then... Obviously, Arnold's granddad sounds like he's just from somewhere in Eastern Europe and stuff like that. There was um, Mr. Wynn, who lived in the boarding house. Is he the fellow with the moustache? Yes. Yeah. And they did a whole episode about his backstory. Uh, and and he was he was involved in the fleeing of Saigon. Like, they did yeah. a whole thing about... Like, yeah. I think, I, I think it was... I think it was either his... His mother, or it was him, who gave up their child as the helicopter was leaving. They did this in Hey Arnold. Oh, right. They did a whole thing about Saigon in Hey Arnold. Why can't I remember any of this? Why? Do, do you think that... Do you think there's an... That kid shows these days should deal more with stuff like that? Because I, I kind of... I get the vibe that, like... And, and you know, nostalgia's one, because I know it wasn't always the case. Mm. He had shows like Hey Arnold that dealt with, like, quite real things. Whereas the cartoons that do well now are, like... Oh, I'm wacky! Obscurist, non-centered comedy, uh, yes, anti-humor. Yes and no, because like I was never, I didn't really watch much Adventure Time. I watched the Adventure Time's not a bad show because I, I know they do things like isn't Finn the humans? He was adopted by Jake's family because they found him abandoned and like things about gay rights and stuff subtly. Yeah, that's a good show actually. Adventure Time did do stuff like that, mm. and uh, yes, so maybe they do do it, and and but it's just less. Over, less, maybe, less, maybe less ballsy off. than doing an episode about the fleeing of Saigon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is that. <laughs> there is that as well. <laughs> it reminded me of my favourite episode of Quantum Leap, <laughs> where it's in the Vietnam War, and um, he's, he's leapt into the body of a photographer, and he takes a famous photo with like a Pulitzer Prize-winning photograph, and he realises in the photo it's, it's Al being arrested as a prisoner of war, and he's like, shit, he's like, I can't change the fabric of time because this photo wins a Pulitzer Prize, but... There's Al. And then you got Al there with a cigar just saying, bad time in my life, but Ziggy says it's time we go and all that kind of oh. stuff. Really good episode. So Al, so Al was like, hey, look, it's what it is. Yeah. It's like, it's just that's what it was a bad time, but we got to crack on. Yeah. Wow. Here's where I've completely butchered. I, I butcher something every week on this ah, podcast. And someone it. goes, yeah, I know the one you mean. You're a bit wrong. You haven't, you haven't butchered on this podcast for a full month. I'll for a full know. month, that's a good run. <laughs> did, did he ever quantum leap into a dog? Or an animal? Uh, chimp. A chimp? Mm. 
He did do a chimp, didn't he? I was watching that one last month. I was just flicking through the channel. I was like, fuck yeah, Quantum Leap. I was like, oh shit, it's the chimp episode. <laughs> he's, a, he's a red-assed baboon. Yeah, and I felt really bad for all the other chimps. Like, oh, they're in cages and being, you know, medical stuff. <laughs> Let them just be chimps. Let them hail poo and eat <laughs> No, because then you get Planet of the Apes. I fucking love Planet of the Apes. <laughs> you wouldn't want to live there, though. Have you seen my tattoo? I want to live on Planet of the Apes. The only... Oh! I've got general airs with the only good human is a dead human That's written amazing. on my arm. That's amazing. Yeah. I genuinely did not know that was a tattoo on your person when I mentioned that no. in Planet of the Apes. Yeah, because... So you would? Yeah. What would you do? Where would you do in Planet of the Apes? Would they not... Would, would they I'd, not... Get, I'd get fucking battered with say, a rock. I was going to say, they would, like... You, you're happy to live on Planet of the Apes world, but the moment they see you, you're dead. And that's all right, is it? And you're all right with that, are you? Yeah. I've got a tweet. Me, me being <laughs> an insensitive, Having miserable been arsehole. battered by the ape version of Jimmy Kitka. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, when COVID started, I, like, when it started, when it first getting rumblings of it, January 2020, I just tweeted saying, I hope this becomes an extinction-level event. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> How right you were! <laughs> Just all the way through, it's like, I'll leave the plan to the cats and the rats, fuck it. We've had our time, we've bollocks there. So, <laughs> I'm going to find, did you, is this tweet still up or did you? Uh... Yeah, it's still there. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can find I, it. I, I wouldn't delete it. It's like the Facebook, the only reason I go on Facebook now is to see when it's the anniversary of Jimmy Savile's death. Because when Jimmy Savile died, I put like, RIP, you magnificent bastard. <laughs> And then after everything, I just replied saying, Jesus Christ. So I either go on Facebook once a year to commemorate that anniversary of me just replying to it saying, I'm keeping it up for prosperity because fuck me, was I wrong? I can't find the tweet. I, I'm not doubting that you said it, but I can't find the tweet. If you type in, just had a mocha with chocomel in it and let me level with you, I could have gladly entered into a relationship with it. That was a delicious chocomel mocha, that. <laughs> If you type so I've typed in levels. So I'm getting all the tweets where you said the word level in. Type extinction then. I had a dream that I owned a club and the floor was filled with another level's freak me. I also threatened Teddy Sheringham in my office. When's that from? 3rd of January 2017. Do you know what? <laughs> I've got I've got a better idea for I'm gonna go through your tweets. I wanna find some t- Oh. I'll, I'll, I'll pick them carefully. Oh I'll pick them carefully. Oh god. I'll th- I'm gonna think of a word that I can put in. Okay, dog. Brat Adkins dog. You're gonna have to you're gonna wanna sort of just just check through your tweets before this goes out. It's um, fine. It's fine. Let's have a look. I, um, I, I, I did I did a big massive <laughs> sweep of all my social media because obviously, like we were saying before about um growing up with South Park, some of the terms that were getting bandied about in South Park when we were kids on a 2022 head are not okay. So, and because I've had my, my Twitter account since I was like 20, there's been some stupid stuff said that was like, fuck me, that's getting deleted. Yeah, you want to just keep it. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Should I watch loads of Tintin this weekend or will it make me want to put on a turtleneck, run outside and have a big scrap with shady looking fellas? <laughs> Fucking love Tintin. <laughs> Any situation, Tintin, he's like, oh, who's this teenage Belgian journalist? Oh, shit, he's punched a fellow with a gun. <laughs> His dog's biting him. Um, <laughs> can't stand people who think posing for photos with a drink in their hand is an adequate substitute for a personality. Imagine if they were holding a Capri Sun instead. It would look ridiculous. <laughs> 
ridiculous. I stand by that. <laughs> if every, every picture of you is... Look, I'm holding a container of liquid. Fuck off. You don't get me with a bowl of soup going, fuck yeah, volume. <laughs> I think you should. Sean Michael's lifting a child, by the way. Uh, I don't know the identity of the child, sadly. I thought that was one of my tweets. Though. No. <laughs> it's, like... <laughs> it's not sadly one of your tweets. Um... <laughs> so yeah, Sean Michael's just beat Owen Hart. <laughs> He's going to WrestleMania. <laughs> Seasons don't give a fuck. Neither do I. <laughs> See What? <laughs> You, you've opened a trade. I think it's like 13 years of shit. <laughs> I'm trying to find like really old tweets. <laughs> Type in Brack Atkins 2018. <laughs> Been a miserable bastard in 2018, haven't I? Been a miserable bastard since birth, to be fair. <laughs> that was the year I turned 30. <laughs> Brat underscore Atkins. <laughs> Watching Home Alone, despite the fact that every single member of the McAllister family is a horrible twat. <laughs> they are absolute <laughs> bastards, the lot of them, especially Uncle Frank, felt like reaching through my screen and throttling him, the miserable cheap bastard. <laughs> Uncle Frank Not is even... a fucking arsehole. <laughs> You know what? You are bang on. Yeah. You are bang on. They're horrible too. Uncle Frank is a shit. <laughs> They're just like, Kevin goes to your room. He's like, why? They ate all me pizza and Uncle Frank called me a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we are in the right. Not you, you monster. <laughs> oh, the shits to him. I've had Mumford and Sons stuck in my head all day, which mm. is a shame as they are easily one of the worst <laughs> bands I'd ever heard. <laughs> Fucking hated that. <laughs> <laughs> Banjo player could only play one banjo line. Every song was like, I will build a fire. It's like, you're the son of a hedge fund manager. Fuck off. Tarquin, you fucking fraud. Tarquin. Fucking brilliant. Is his real name Tarquin? I don't know, probably. <laughs> Sweat. And then one of them became like a fucking alt-right guy as well, didn't they? And as a, uh, a bleeding heart liberal, I was like, oh, oh, the little, <laughs> little shit back. Okay, I'm going to find one more tweet. Then one we'll more. Then we'll, we'll focus on... Uh... Don't get me cancelled, Tom. I'm not, I'm, I'm trying not to. <laughs> I like my job. I'm trying not to. I mean, so far, none of them have been, none of them have been like offensive. They're all just funny. <laughs> With you just being very angry at the world. Uh... <laughs> Um, oh, hang on. Who's hate the fact that I'll never watch The Usual Suspects because every fucking show ever talks about the twist and it all just seems a waste of time even trying. I've tried three times That's to watch nice one. every single... I was once playing Max Payne and yeah. like... When I because it's one of my favorite games ever, the first Max Payne, and I, I'd go through it and just listen to the background conversations. And one of the conversations is they talk about the ending of the usual suspects. Uh, Whenever you watch an ending, it's just like, oh, great twist, like the end of the usual suspects. With I'm just like, yeah. um, there's a reason for this particular to get back to the show, sadly. Uh, by the way, uh, what did Dave give Sean and Owen? If it's matter and I, I'm saying three, three quarters, four stars. Oh, okay. So there's a reason for this segment. 
Uh, because they're putting up the cage. They're putting up the cage. <laughs> uh, I'm working on a little thing about steel cages. Mm. And, uh, and I've been researching the blue bar cage, and everybody hated the blue bar cage. Despite the fact it's so iconic, everyone hated the blue bar cage for different reasons. Uh, purists hate it because, oh, it's change! Um, wrestlers hated it because it had less, it had no give compared to the wire mesh cages where you get thrown into them and you can bounce. Yeah. <laughs> Iron <ate> bouncing. <laughs> um, and the, the road agents hated it because it took so fucking long to put together. Yeah. And, and they would traditionally be, uh, house show main events. So they were on the road constantly with this awful cage. I know it's in Foley's first book, isn't it? Where he's saying that he was in the cage and there's a spot where China was meant to like hit him in the head with, with the door but because adrenaline came up and she just twat it into his head at 100 miles an hour the blue bar cage door into his head and he's like fucking never doing that again <laughs> and that's Mick Foley yeah and Fo- Foley takes his shoe in I always like the aesthetics of the cage because like you said that you know it's the blue and you're like it's eye catching but also it always looked really fucking tall compared yeah. to other cages it looked bigger it was yeah. a much bigger deal and it was, you know, it was kind of in fitting with like WWF's sort of larger than life cartoony yeah. uh, optics and aesthetics, isn't it? You yeah. Know, you could market that. And they did. Yeah. You'd buy the play sets, couldn't you, with the blue cage yeah. and stuff. Made a it's... whole video game about it. Steel Cage Challenge for the Nairs. Yes, they did. If you watch uh, every WWE game ranked on Triple Jump. Uh... <laughs> it's one of the lesser good ones. <laughs> it is. It's shit. I had it first time round. It was rubbish. Oosh. It's uh, one of those with cage matches because I am I am a stickler for it should just be pin and give up. It shouldn't be escape. I think, or are... it, or if it is escape, the face should never try and escape, but the heel should. Yeah. the The original idea behind the whole escape thing was the thing that it would be a fight that was so brutal that yeah. one would leave with the other in a heap. Yeah. Like there was one with um, Bruno Sammartino and. I want to say Nikita Koloff, maybe, or and and basically he just battered him in the corner. And yeah, he just couldn't respond. And then once he battered him, Bruno just left the cage. Yeah, and it was quite at the time quite aggressive. Yes, uh, but then uh, you know as it would, I think you'd have matches like Bob Backlund and Superfly Snooker, where Snooker would miss the splash off the top, and yeah. Backlund would scurry for the door. Um, which and then I think a few sort of moved away from the idea of climbing out to win just suddenly felt a bit yeah because you, you, you're winning by running away yeah it's that like you said that that original premise though of battering so much that you walk out because that was the original idea behind it two men enter one man leaves well actually the first the first cage match I'll give you a little preview of oh, what we're oh. working on the first cage match a treat. was brought about in the 30s right because um, two guys that were wrestling the one guy the heel um, whose name was I've got it written down because <laughs> uh, I was working on it this afternoon, so it should be at the f- top of my thing, yes. So the first Steel Cage match uh, featured uh, the Count Petra Rossi yeah. taking on babyface Jack Bloomfield. Okay. And Petra Rossi uh, would, would fight, fight Jack Bloomfield in several matches, and what would happen is that every time that Jack Bloomfield would go for a submission, Petra Rossi would roll out of the ring to avoid ah. the submission. So he'd then inevitably get counted out or disqualified or whatever. And Jack Bloomfield was getting livid. Like, I, just, I can beat him. He just keeps doing this. Thing. So they went, I'll tell you what, we'll surround the ring with chicken wire. That way he can't get out. 
And that was the first cable. Oh, very good. But the cable, but the, the chicken wire was inside the ropes. Oh, wow. Well, so like it was Kenny a, McIntosh. Just, just inside <laughs> the ropes. Oh, it's me, Kenny. <laughs> I've never met Kenny, and I'm just taking the piss out of him. Love Kenny. Yeah. God love you, Kenny. But um, but so it just meant like you could do bugger all in there. Yeah. But then you had like a, a that was where and that's where it all began, right? And I'll say no more until because do what we're doing. Yeah. As as a kid, I loved cage matches for the escape and like you said the blue bars. But then understanding the logic of it and then seeing like the brutal NWA cage matches where it's just like nah, you, you're not yeah. getting out. No one's getting in. Beat fuck out of each other. Both juice. And it's like ah, oh, these are really good. So. A good one to seek out if you were looking for a good cage match. I was doing my research for this. A good one to seek out. 1983, the last battle of Atlanta. Isn't that wasn't that like lost footage for a while? It and was. They found it. And they found it. It's on the network now. Yeah. Is uh, it the? It's not the Road Warriors, is it? It's not the Road Warriors. No. Uh, it's uh, I've got their names here. Um, bear with me, Your Honour. Mm. <laughs> it's a long. It's a long bit to to, to comb through. It was go. It was at the Omni. And it was Tommy Rich and Buzz Sawyer. Oh. And it was a brutal war, which was either pinfall or knockout. Yeah. And they thought, we don't want anybody trying to get away from this one. Put a roof on the cage. Ooh. Did that in the 80s. And Vince went, roof on the cage, eh? <laughs> so did that also spare the eye? Because I know Dusty came up with uh, war games war after games. watching fucking Mad Max 3, wasn't it? Yeah. But that must have been in the back of his mind as well. The whole roof on top of it, I think, definitely. The, to make a cage that encapsulates yeah. two rings as well. I just want to watch old War Games matches now. Some are good, some are not. Yeah. So this is an interesting little segment. So Roddy Piper there, um, what really he said was, in a roundabout way, was that Sean and Bret Hart is main event in WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, or Sean and the champion are facing the rest, main event in WrestleMania. And... With Jim Cornette came out to size him up and say, like, you're frightened of Vader because Vader's suspended, da, 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 reinstate him. To which Roddy Piper said, well, tell you what, how about Vader and Yokozuna fight Ooh. at WrestleMania? And, uh, and <laughs> according to The Observer, there was a bit of kickback from this. Let me read what Dave's written in The Observer. Uh, with the exception of possibly Michaels, it appeared the most overperformer on the show was Roddy Piper. Piper did an interview uh, where he said, they, as they were setting up the cage for the main event, where he seemed to not have a clue as to what he was going on about. It wound up with Cornette and Mason coming out and Piper pinching Cornette on the bum. <laughs> However, when hyping WrestleMania's Yokozuna versus Vader match, Piper said, let the blood flow, which must have made McMahon cringe considering the letter he'd wrote to Ted Turner. Yeah. Uh, I expected McMahon to apologize for the remark, but he let it slide. Uh, so at this point, so... Piper just goes out and just just rambles. He's your Piper, and he just does Piper. I want me to tell you something about <laughs> I've got the notes. Don't worry. Could you write them down? No, I'll just remember them. You'll be fine. But there, early early book doors, early doors book for WrestleMania, Yoko and Vader. Ooh. At time of recording, at time of watching, they're setting up for Yoko versus Vader. Now we don't get Yoko versus no, Vader. No. It'll become apparent as time goes on as to why we don't get Yoko versus Vader. But that's certainly the direction that we're moving mm. in at this point. Which is interesting. I think, as, as we said, it would have been quite a spectacle, but maybe I, you know, yeah. kind of get the vibe that ni either or neither are physically able to do a King's Road All Japan match. Is this when Jim Ross gets involved? Oh, I think it might be. Is it before or after Mania? When, he, when the 
Oh. About sending them to... That might be after Mania. I wonder whether they just get over the line for Mania. Okay. And then... But we'll we'll know when we check the Observer. Yeah. I know I say it every week, but again, this isn't Diesel to me now. This is just Kevin Nash. Yeah. This is 100%... Uh... Me saying before about the blue, the, the blue bar cage looked massive, but massive man Kevin Nash is in there and... It's still big. But. It's still, yeah, it's, it doesn't look as big, though, with Kevin. No. There. It could do with being a couple of feet higher. I seem to remember that if you ever played No Mercy, the steel cage was ridiculously oh, it high. Was, it really was. Weirdly high. And on WrestleMania as well, both yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah, they were twats, those matches. <laughs> and the, the secret to winning them, beat down your opponent a little bit, put them in a tree of woe in the corner. Yeah, and then just climb and just fucking hammer the buttons. I don't. That's. I don't like doing the cage match against AI opponents because on 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 that game and on the modern one, they'll just find like the cheapest way, the dirtiest way to keep you down, and they'll just scale up and, and run yeah. out and win. There's no like, you can't have a good cage match against no, an AI opponent because they just want to win. They don't actually want to put on a good match. Yeah, pricks. The <laughs> They're just like fuck Dave Meltzer, <laughs> quarter of a star, bastards. Bret Hart has himself a strong record in cage matches. I don't know the exact number, but... Um, oh, because we were going through this, I was going to say, on a recent episode, six years ago when we were last in the <laughs> studio. Because he's saying that he'd never lost a cage match and mm. he'd never lost a singles cage match on TV. That is correct. Yeah. Like, he's had... And they're funny with cage matches because just, that just makes the cage look tiny. Yeah. Like, they don't do cage matches very often on pay-per-view. In fact, I believe... The last cage match we had on a pay-per-view was Brett Owen. I think it was Brett Owen, and that was SummerSlam 94. Well, it was it was the weird one when I was doing the Mania list of year. This is before Braun versus Shane McMahon happened. Mm. But until Braun versus Shane McMahon, what was it, WrestleMania 37? Yes. The only cage match in WrestleMania history was Hogan Bundy. Wow. There'd only been one cage match in WrestleMania history. Blimey. Which, when you consider... What's synonymous with wrestling? Ah, oh, cage match. But yeah, they never did it at Mania. Apart from, they've done it twice now. They do loads on house shows. They're like, yeah. it, I, they're kind of like the house show fodder. Where yeah. it's, 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 you can make a house show more appealing if you would go, oh, it's Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre. Oh, okay. In a cage? Ooh. Well, sign me up. Yeah. It's weird how a cage will do that. Say, so, oh, it's a cage match. Oh, okay, I'm in. It's one for casual fans. They can sort of bite on the fact that oh, it's a cage match. It's not as, you know, it's not as it's not as logistically nightmarish as a hell in a cell. No, certainly not these days. Where now they just sort of pre-construct them before the show starts and then yeah. hang them up on the roof. Dun, 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 bring them dun, down dun, with spoopy music. Do you remember the last time the WWF would use a uh, a blue bar cage? Is it Austin McMahon? No. After Austin McMahon. Oh shit! That was a black bar cage. Oh, oh. So, are we talking the specific blue one or the actual makeup of it? Maybe the makeup of it. I think it's not kennel from hell, is it's it? Kennel from hell. God, I think that might have been a black bar cage, maybe. But, but either the, way, the idea—if you take out the dogs, the idea of having a cage inside the cell. <laughs> if you take out the dogs, if you take out the dogs and all the <laughs> the dog shit and the piss and the shagging. I've got a clear shot. Take it. <laughs> Shoot the dog up the ass. <laughs> But the idea of being like, right, you're fighting in a cage inside the cell. Mm. As a spectacle, you're like, oh, as a member of the audience, it'd probably look shit because you'd be like, I can't make out 
Who's bringing out Al Snow and Big Boss Man in this? <laughs> Yeah, because it kind of undermined that one of the other purposes of moving to a blue bar cage was obviously like it's a it's a, a stronger more you know it's a very individual thing for WWE. Mm. They like to have their own shit, don't they? Also, much easier to watch. Yes, the first time they used the blue bar cage was for Hogan Bundy. Yes, storyline wise, that Bundy couldn't assemble, couldn't couldn't climb a mesh cage, and that's very true. Yeah, like with this, this like the blue bar cage was a cage that he could climb, and it wouldn't just crumble under his weight. I probably wouldn't be able to climb a mesh cage, that's but that's true. just because I'm shite. That's why. <laughs> but that was that was storyline wise why they brought it in, and they you still use the mesh cage a little bit around then, but eventually they just went, this is the only cage we use because fans were able to see into the ring easier. Yeah. I, I, than a mesh one. I like the way with this one as well. It it, it sounds dangerous because it's squeaking and it needs a good oiling. Yeah. And some of the paint's coming off the bars, so it does look... Like I've said before, the thing that made WWF stand out and still does is it's very polished, very sanitized. But I like it when it's a bit rough around the edges at times. Yeah. Like like with this, you're like, oh, you know, it's clean and here's all the lights and the neon, but they're fighting in a rusty fucking cage. Yeah. yeah. There's something... You don't get that really anymore. No. Like, I imagine they were to bring the... If, hypothetically, they were to bring back the blue bar cage now, it'd be like a bright neon blue and there'd be there'd be decorative lights all around the yeah. top that would flicker. Like, they, they, they'd really go to town on making that. And again, I'm not... That's not a diss. That's just how they... That's how they do. Exactly. That is just how they do. Like, like with the cell when they painted it red and with a marketer's mind on it, I was like, oh, yeah, because the associate with red, with danger and fire and hell is like, for marketing purposes, I understand. Mm. Personal tastes, not for me, but I'm not the target audience and I'm a nobody, so who gives a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, so. <laughs> but blue bar cages for the same reason. Yeah. Like marketability. You know, it's to the point like where you said, like purists didn't like it, the wrestlers didn't like it, and the house show stuff and the road crew didn't like it. But for fans of a certain vintage, it's like, oh, you see the blue bar cage and you think, fuck yeah. 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 Justin Henry's nickname was the bear in the big blue bar cage. <laughs> still is. <laughs> it's still, and it will forever, will, I don't know why I started calling you the bear in the big blue bar cage. Did he, did he write a blog for a while called Blue Bar Cage? Maybe that's where I got it from. Is it because he was created by Henson? Yes, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, Because Justin Henry is a Jim Henson Muppet <laughs> that was created <laughs> for my amusement. <laughs> How can we t- keep Tom on track? Let's, let's make him his own <laughs> private Muppet. <laughs> I was on my Facebook um, uh, memories the other day. So we talk about wrestling, we can talk about other shit now. Uh, <laughs> Tick that box. Yeah. Done. And uh, it was something from it was a from a previous life, and it was me talking about a conversation I'd had with my ex girlfriend, mm. uh, a lady by the name of Abby, and and Abby had said to me, I don't know what I'd done to 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 warrant it, but she said, I don't think you're real. I think you're a cartoon character that my brain has created. <laughs> Just, yeah. yeah, I can see that why that might be the case. I can see why that might be the case. I think my head's invented you to keep me sane <laughs> in a weird way. You're a cartoon character I've imagined. Yeah. I'll take that. It's fine. I still but, might be. But like me and you have often said on this and off the air, we, we we have similar tropes, you and I, even though we have different outlooks on life. Mm. You being 
a, you know, a positive beacon of light who's a workaholic and me being a fucking knackered arsehole. Take a month off. Yeah. What are you going to do in your month off? Oh, I'm going to eat pizza and call everyone an arsehole. Um, but we both exist to, to wind up our significant others. There is a special joy. And entertain ourselves with stupid shit. <laughs> and like you said, that, that does play into the idea of you being a cartoon character. Because you're just like, no, I'm just doing this because it's funny. I find it funny. Do you find it funny or not? Okay. I was telling Alex the thing that you told me that you did with Sean, where you go under the bed, hide under the bed. And, you go, and she says, what are you doing? I come here to smile. <laughs> Tickles me. Every like, she took a picture of us at Elton John. It's like, let's get a picture of us at Elton John. It's like, oh, I'm trying to watch Elton John. She's like, let's get a picture. It's like, all right, because I'm one of those when I'm watching something. Want to watch it and be in the moment. I'll take a picture beforehand, and then I'll put my phone away because I'm just like, I'm just watching it. But she wanted to take a picture and a smile. She went, oh, I went, don't put that up. You know why? <laughs> I said because I can't let people know that I'm smiling. <laughs> it's like there's the episode of The Simpsons where um, Bart pretends to be Timmy O'Toole trapped down the well. And he has the crap birthday, but what Martin gets him as a present is like a little flat cap and a blazer, and they get a picture taken, and Martin's grinning, and Bart's just looking miserable. And I've got that saved, and I just share it, to, I put it on my story once, and I just went, this is every photo of me and Sean. <laughs> <laughs> She's dead happy, and I'm just looking absolutely fuming. I'm happy on the inside, but I just got that face. <laughs> It's. I, I think it's a. It's a fun aesthetic. It's, yeah. And, and there is something, regardless of your outlook, there is something fun about winding your partner up. Oh, it's great. You know, when you know there's love always going to be there. There's something fun about winding each other up. Yeah. Me more so with Alex than anything else. Yeah. I tend just to. It's like like I I, I seem to remember one occasion where I was I was, I was making the bed, and uh, she she likes the bed be made a certain way. The pillows need to be in a certain position. Yeah. And I, and she went, oh, I'm I'm going to be picky, but that pillow needs to go at this angle. I was like, oh, okay, that's good. it's a good learn. It's a good learn. And then the next day she made the bed and then she went into the bathroom and I moved two of the pillows slightly on the other angle. Oh, you bastard. And she walked back in and she just went, oh, the control's over there. I was just shut up because you, you did the same as me. You went, oh, the, the telly's gone. Prefer peripheral visions, a bastard. I'd moved the... Um, I've moved the I've moved the the pillow slightly to different edges, and she walked out of the bathroom. She knew what had happened. She looked at it for about five seconds, then looked at me and said, "Why do you hate me? <laughs> Why do you hate me?" <laughs> Just do. <laughs> There's a few things I do like that, where you just go, "Why do you hate me?" <laughs> Sean sometimes tries and nips in the bud. Like, she'll just be, like, doing something. I'll just, like, I'll just move just slightly weirdly. And she's like, whatever you're thinking of, just <laughs> fucking stop it. <laughs> I'll be like, Sean, look, I'm a youth. And she's like, she's like, you're a fully grown man and you're a dickhead. And I'm, I'm just like, yeah. You're an ass. <laughs> but while, like I said, while I was at my mum's for the... I say, always oh, say me mum's. It's both my parents live together. But I just always call it me mum. <laughs> I didn't want to say. No, yeah. I think it's. I think it's because my dad. He just works and then comes home and falls asleep on the couch, whereas my mum is the one who looks so, after so the he, house. So it's not your parents' house, but it's your dad crashing at your mum's, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but while I was staying there, cause they live on a very quiet road, all tucked away, and there was no shan to keep me awake, and there was no cats to keep me awake. 
oh, I slept like a fucking baby. <laughs> and she's like, how have you been? How have you been? And she's like, oh, I miss you. I've been like, been sleeping amazingly, Sean. I'm never coming home. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, oh, really? And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm joking. Kind of. I've been sleeping really well. <laughs> and then we do. Yeah. It's weird. Alex and I, we both sleep really well when the one isn't there. We're very aware of it, but like we wouldn't dream of like sleeping in the other room. Oh, no, no. Never dream. Not. No, I would do it on the odd occasion if I get in late or if Alex has gone to bed. Like Alex will work early most days. Uh, and the same, but like, if she's working early on a Saturday, but then I'm off on the Saturday, I might want to stay up late and play a bit of PS4. Like, mm. This is, I've had a, you know, I've had a busy week. I'm just, I've got nothing else left to do. I'm just going to sit and play this for a bit and she'll go to bed. And then, and then I'll suddenly blink and it'll be like midnight. And I go, oh no. And I don't want to get in bed when Alex is waking up in three hours because yeah. I'll have to get settled and it'll wake her up. So and that's when I'd normally just retreat to the spare room. And she might go, why were you in bed last night? I said, no, oh, so I played, I, I didn't go to bed till late and I didn't want to wake you up. She said, no, you'd been fine. I said, no, I wouldn't. I don't want to risk it. <laughs> don't want to risk it. Are you, uh, are you playing anything at the moment? Um, I'm a bit boring. I've been playing 2K22 yeah. still. I, whenever I get a bit of free time, I'll play that. Um, still playing Spider-Man. Playing a lot of Spooderman, not even the Miles Morales one, just the first one. I've I've got Miles Morales and I haven't touched it, which I've, I've been told people are just like, why it's good? Oh, I'm like, it's, yeah, it's no, very good. After after play, I don't think what else I was playing lately. Um, played Diddy Kong Racing, nice. The N64, that's a cracking little racing game. That is adventure racing game. Walks the line nicely. Does Diddy Kong Racing. I got really excited for Donkey Kong 64 off the back of how good Diddy Kong Racing was. Donkey Kong 64 was not as fun as Diddy uh, Kong Racing. Yeah. Because I, I've got Don Donkey Kong 64 somewhere, but I never really properly played it because, like you said, it was just a bit... Uh. Well, there was, I think there was historically like a glitch in the game that was so game-breaking that they had to sell that like expansion pack thing that came yeah. with it. Otherwise, they couldn't sell the game Yeah, because they couldn't fix it. <laughs> yeah, I've got me... I've still got my expansion. Oh, I don't know. I'll have to dig it up. I think that's 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 what I heard. Yeah, that's the case that happened. But it's coconut gun. It fires and spurts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the leader of the DK crew. Well, this is like completely not weird, but um, it's a nice coincidence. Uh, my PlayStation Plus ran out recently. I can't be asked getting it again because all I've been playing recently is Minecraft, and I've got a Nintendo subscription on my Switch, and I've been mm. playing Minecraft on that. Uh, so I dug out my Xbox 360, because my three, when I had my 360 was when I was at the height of my gaming, so I've got loads of indie games and arcade games and everything on there, and loads of stuff that I downloaded, so I downloaded everything again. I just went, fuck it, I'm playing Banjo-Kazooie. Nah, oh, which one? First one. On the, on the oh, yeah, it was It was released for the arcade, uh, on the oh, brill, brill, yeah, that's fine then. I thought you, I thought you. Like, oh, uh, nuts and bolts. Nuts and no, bolts. No, no. I, yeah. I didn't mind playing around with that, but it wasn't banjo kazooie, was it? No. But no, I've I've gone back to OG banjo kazooie. It's a phenomenal game. I'm up to Rust Bucket Bay, and I've hundred percented everything going into it. But I'm just waiting because Sean's not a gamer. But when I'm in a good mood, I'll put on the spring theme from Click Clockwood. Ah, click clock wood, click clock wood, click clock wood, click clock wood. So she's she was like, oh, when's click clock wood? I was like, it's the last level, Sean. It's like they make you fucking wait. <laughs> so I've got rust bucket bay to do, and then we'll, we'll be in the woods. I'll get Sean, be like, Sean, look, and it's just it's such a good game. 
and it's held up really well. Some of the camera angles are a bit, mm, some of the swim mechanics are a bit, mm, but it's fucking phenomenal game. It's so good. On the, uh, I was I was on the Coltolic podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, the last ten minutes, um, some would say the the ten minutes that people most switched off <laughs> was when it descended into me, Math, and Jack doing video game noises. Right, most of which were from Banjo Kazooie, which is me going, oh, hey! <laughs> oh, hey! What, what am I what am I what am I doing when I go? Oh, hey! That's the uh, backflip, isn't it? Yeah. The <laughs> ghoul? <laughs> what am I doing when I go? Turkey trot on the jump. Turkey trot on the jump. It's My favourite is spitting the eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I always like the mumbo jumbo. Mumbo jumbo. <laughs> and then Seth Rollins, who pops up as the voice of Gruntilda. <laughs> I like when they just had one noise that the character just made. Yeah. And it was just then the, the dialogue appeared. But even through that, and just getting the characters across, that just Kazooie's a fucking knobhead. Oh, Kazooie is an arse. Boots off on everyone, and Bottles is like, hey, shut up, tell the chicken I'll batter it. <laughs> and Banjo's like, Kazooie, fucking hell, mate. <laughs> but, like, Bottles is going, I'll batter him, but all we're hearing is, I'll fucking batter you, Kazooie. This little blind mole, just, like, give us that big bird, I'll wring its neck. <laughs> He's saying that to a fucking grizzly bear in shorts. And Banjo's like, come on, everyone, bit of temperance, bit of... It's all calm down. We need to go into that mountain and kick fuck out of a witch. <laughs> if you are enjoying Banjo-Kazooie... Right. <laughs> yeah. You will enjoy ukulele. Ukulele. Which is the spiritual uh, threequel to Banjo-Kazooie. Okay. So it's the same developers who made Banjo-Kazooie, who left Rare and formed their own... Yeah. Publisher's house, developer's house, and they made a game which basically plays exactly like Banjo Kazooie, but it features brand new characters and brand new IP. Oh. It's brilliant. I played it during the locked, the first lockdown. I played it to death, and I yeah. had a week stuck indoors, and uh, it's brilliant. It's really fun. I'd never played Banjo Tooie because, no. because when it came out in the N sixty four, was at the end of the I life think, cycle. I don't think I did either. And because I didn't have that nostalgia for it when it was in my three sixty phase, and like I said, because. Microsoft owned Rare. Do they still own Rare? Whatever. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And they released some of their old games. Banjo-Kazooie came out. I was like, I love that game. I'll buy it. And then when Banjo-Tooie came out, I was like, I, I don't know anyone who's played this, so I'll save my money and buy something else. Yeah. So, Yeah, I don't think I know anybody that's... Matthew's bound to have played Math's it. Matthew's probably played yeah. it. He's probably played it on stream. He probably owns 10 copies and, and took a sign to a wrestling show that said Banjo-Tooie is quite good. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been playing Banjo-Kazooie and then... Another weird bit of serendipity. I was playing Peggle, and then on I looked on Twitter the other day, and Sam was like, "Ah, oh, playing Peggle," and I just messaged him saying, "Interoffice tournament." <laughs> Which was Peggle? It's like, it's like a mixture between Super Buster Move and Pinball. Ooh, I think that's the best way of putting it. And it's all different. It's like loads of blue pegs. And there's like 10 orange ones, and you can switch it on if it if you've got um, color blindness so you can see easier. Oh, that's useful. 
and you've just got to aim your little thing and you've got 10 balls and you've got to pick off all the orange ones to clear the level. Or you can pick off all of them if you want. But the objective is get the orange. I remember Buster move. I remember the... the, the yeah, the, yeah, he'd shoot the balls out of the yeah. cannon. Do, 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 do. So it's like that. That's quite intriguing. But with, but with pinball. Are we doing a tournament? Uh, Peggle off. I'll try and get it going, but I mean, Sam's not in. <laughs> <laughs> we should do a peggle off. That'll be a good time had by all. Because that came out in 2010. And I used to do this thing because 2010, I was 21. And I was still living at my parents' before I moved to London on a whim. Stupid idea, but it was fun. But it came out that summer. My parents went on holiday. And because I'm a lovely boy, they were just like, yeah, just look after the place. Or we like all your friends. If you're going to have a party, we know that you're going to tidy up and the neighbors never complain. So my parents went away. It was the hottest week of the year. It was the World Cup. Peggle was out. And like the week after, we were going to download to see Faith No More. So for that week, I had an open door policy of all my mates saying, I've got... Two t- I've got a TV in the garden with the football on. I've got a 360 there. We'll play Peggle and we'll just barbecue every day. And nice. it's one of the best weeks of my life. Oh. It was fucking great. So all I say to my mates now, oh, hold that thought. From hell. From Peggle. From Peggles. The Undertaker. That's great. That is cool. He's dragging him to hell. Come live in hell for a minute. <laughs> Undertaker farted as he went under. That's that was a cool. good finish. I've seen the pictures, but I've never actually seen the footage before. Nice. So for those who, uh, we haven't talked about wrestling for about four hours. Um, Diesel was about to win the cage match and the iconic Undertaker coming out. First time someone came through the ring in WWF. Take yes, it. I believe it is. Oh, he's okay. He's back out. God knows what he saw down there. What's Undertaker been doing to his pants? Oh my God. That's a weird. That's a bit weird, isn't it? I didn't spot that before. Like he's, he's come out, his trousers are ripped. What was he? What did he do down there? Hope your quads are all right, Kevin. Oh Christ! Maybe he's letting them breathe. Weird seeing Kevin Nash's legs. You never see his legs. Yeah. And I see you at WrestleMania, laddie. I like. I like the way they've been building this. Mm. It's been built really well. Showdown at Mania, biggest match of Kev's career against The Undertaker. As a ba- and he's going in as a baddie, which is far better. Yeah. Far, far better. Undertaker looks like a badass. Good end to the show. Uh, Brett's already gone. Brett, not, Brett's already in the car. Undertaker's not got his mask on either. I think he I think he came off around the Rumble, didn't it? Did it? I can't remember. I think it came off around. I see it came off around the Rumble. We watched the Royal Rumble six months ago. That's why. Because... <laughs> <laughs> My, I realize how terrible my memory is. Kieran of Triple Jump fame, he's been replaying, or he's been playing Banjo Kazooie. He's never played it before. So I messaged him yesterday saying, Oh, where are you up to? And he's like, uh, I might uh, just unlock Clanker's Cavern. Do you know where this is to unlock the next level? And even though I did it a week and a half ago, I was like, I can't remember. Oh, shit. <laughs> I can't remember. So. <laughs> so that's the main event. That was the main event. Um, Bret Hart, Diesel. 
19 minutes 13, Dave says, From reports live, it appeared Diesel received about 70% of the cheers. Oh. Although some attribute it to the USWA television show that aired this weekend in Louisville, where Hart was on doing heel interviews ah. for his match with Jerry Lawler. There was a sign in the crowd earlier that said hello to USWA fans. Right. So it's quite a strong thing here. Ironically, after largely being cheered during the match, Diesel was almost 100% booed afterwards. Oh, okay. so, so that's the right way around now. Yes. What did Dave give that in terms of stars? Three. One and a half. Wow, okay. Dave was not a fan of that battle in the blue bars that closes out our show. But not if you're there live. Mm. As Undertaker poses on the cage. Yeah, they often did this for In Your House, didn't they? They'd have... Because they're only short pay-per-views. So they want to, I guess, give people who are coming to the venue... A bit of value for money yeah. by having a few more matches afterwards. So Undertaker's there posing. What happened next was they had an interval where they took the cage apart. <laughs> so three hours later, uh, we came back with Ahmed Johnson Ooh! beating Isaac Yankum. Yankum hey! <laughs> <laughs> uh, subbing in for Jeff Jarrett, uh, who had his back completely fucked up by Ahmed Johnson the day before, I think. Oh, Ahmed. Um, Godwins beat the Body Donners in a good match, apparently. Right, right. Uh, and in, in the main event, Undertaker beat Goldust. Oh. Uh, Goldust walking out and taking a count-out loss to keep the IC title. Oh, title on the line. Uh, and Dave says, told this match was also pretty bad. <laughs> so if you stuck around, you've got three extra matches that range from awful to all right. Yeah. <laughs> so good for you. Although the, after the pay-per-view ended... In a segment taped that will probably air on the syndicated shows, Jake Roberts did an interview talking about the years where he was addicted to alcohol and cocaine and said he was back in wrestling to glorify the Lord. He also said his snake is no longer named Damien, but now named Revelation. It's not as catchy as Damien. That's what happened when In Your House went off the air. What did we make of In Your House? The bits that we saw? Fine. Breezy watch. Yeah, it was a breezy watch, wasn't it? We just saw uh, quite those hour and 50 pay-per-views. Yeah. It's great, isn't just it? Just rattle through a couple of matches and then get yourself away. See you at WrestleMania, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I thought it was... Oh, shit, that'll be the next one, won't it? Yeah. Oh, oh, I can't wait for that. Brett, Sean. We're gonna, for an hour. Oh, yeah, we're going to have to get food in for that. Yeah, I think we're going to have to, aren't we? We're going to have to get some snacks in, I think, for that one. Uh, we will be back with you uh, for classic raw review next week nice to have you back proper well, thanks nice to have you back in my life getting <laughs> <laughs> back you into my life and we'll until we next speak he is at brat underscore atkins on twitter i am at tom campbell on twitter together we're at cold Olic on twitter don't forget to join us check brack atkins twitter it's full of good stuff <laughs> it's a lot of it's misspelled because i don't believe in autocorrect <laughs> <laughs> love you egg egg <laughs>
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Podcasts from. 